Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Santa! Oh, my God! Santa here? I know him. I know him. <laughs> the following program is a podcastwarm.com production. He's a world champion wrestler, best-selling author, actor, and lead singer of Fozzie. Now, now he's rocking the podcast world. Fragile. It must be Italian. This, this, this is Talk is Jericho. Talk is Jericho, starring Chris Jericho. All right, welcome to Talk is Jericho. It is the pod of thunder and rock and roll. And today's episode is being sponsored in part by Great Clips. At Great Clips, we want you to love your haircut. That's why we created Clip Notes. Notes that tell us what you like so you get your same great haircut every time, every place, everywhere. With Clip Notes, no matter what stylist cuts your hair, you'll get the haircut you want. You'll get the haircut you need, man. And speaking of need, you need the weekend. Well, it's Friday of Christmas weekend. So if you're stuck traveling... Maybe this will help make your trip go a little easier. I'm talking about the power of music with Seth and Sammy right here on Talk is Jericho. That's right, Seth Rollins and Sammy Zane. You're going to get to hear what it's really like when we're on the road. This is uh, We did this uh, podcast when we were in Europe somewhere sometime. This is how we pass the time in hotel rooms, long planes, uh, bus rides, long plane rides. This kind of stuff we talk about, how long the conversations typically last. Rollins and Zane and I talking about music. That's right, favorite bands, favorite concerts, first concerts, meeting our musical heroes, Metallica, The Beatles, Grunge. Whether there ever be another movement like that in music that changes the culture, that becomes an actual lifestyle. It's a great debate and discussion about music, and we're going to do it. We're going to get to it. But first, Talk is Jericho fans. I know you love to be the first to know what's up with this podcast, with this show, who the guests are going to be uh, twice a week, when and where the next Talk is Jericho live podcast is going to take place. That's why Podcast One has created a new automated email system to make sure you never miss a single episode or the information about each episode. All you got to do is go to podcastone.com slash Jericho to sign up that's podcast on the dot com slash jericho then we'll take care of letting you know exactly when a new show is out what it's all about who the guest is what the topics that we discuss are it's podcast one.com slash jericho sign up now at podcast one.com slash jericho be it talk is jericho uh uh it's like the talk is jericho fan club all right join the talk is jericho fan club get all the information at podcast one.com slash jericho go do it now so we're in the, in this tour here. Um, it's like ten shows in ten days or something like that. So you sit around a lot and, and, and just talk about whatever. And the king of kind of random subjects coming up is, is Sami Zayn. And you had a great one today that spurred us to meet up here with Seth Rollins and myself, uh, just talking about music, basically. Yeah, and I'm not sure exactly how it started, but but, ba- but all three of us are really musically influenced. Music is a big part of all three of our lives, and a lot of guys on the roster aren't like that, you know. Or they are, but in the well, I probably shouldn't say anything. No, you can say it. Like it <laughs> I was gonna say uh, at the first start of this tour, it, you were on the B bus. Yes, so B would be babyface. Yeah, yeah, so there's the good guys and bad guys don't travel together, and. Um, well, there was a lot of music playing. <laughs> yes. But, you know, we just didn't have a whole lot of personal space on this tour. It's been very, very busy. We've had a flight every day and a show every day. And it's not my music. <laughs> you know, and uh, I feel like it was the same songs over and over. And it was just starting to, dry, it was starting to get to me. That's typically so, how it goes. So I feel like a lot of these guys are, uh, I mean, they like to have music on, but I don't feel like they're uh, musically inclined in the same regard. I don't know if that makes any well, sense. I think here's the difference. Like they like having it in the background and it's the same... 10 songs but they just like kind of having it in the background I don't think it has had an impact on their lives right and I'll, t- and I'll tell you the reason yeah. why the difference and here's the difference 
it makes me mad and distracts me when it's not my music, like you said, yes. right? Like other people could just have whatever. Well, it's background. definitely more tolerable. Yeah, if it's something like I don't like certain type of music to be talking to or to be drinking to, and when it's playing in the background, it distracts me, yeah. and I don't like it. You're mad, yeah. I'm so into it. For, <laughs> from like you know, like for example, yesterday was my birthday, and they were like, "What do you want to listen to when we're driving back from the arena?" And it's like, if it's drinking and it's party, it's ACDC, it's Guns N' Roses, it's Skinnerd. It's all the classics. It's that sort of yeah, stuff. It's yeah. party music. But if it's not playing, I, I can't get really into well, it. Well, that's our yeah. party music. Right. Yeah. But that's the thing. I mean, the party music for these other guys is just stuff that I would never in a million years party to. <laughs> Pitbull. Or, yeah. <laughs> like this weird, like the Cologne's always playing this Drake. weird kind of like, I think it's Puerto Rican reggae or something. Reggaeton. <laughs> reggaeton, yeah. yeah. The... And then you get, uh, uh, then they're playing Frank Sinatra, My Way. Hey, it's nothing against Frank. Mix. Love yes, Frank, yes. but I'm not wanting to hear My Way yeah. for drinking some beers. Unless you're <laughs> hanging out with Pat Patterson. <laughs> well, in that case, yeah, well, Pat yeah, will yeah, sing it, yeah, and then you right, got it, right? right? But what was your original question Okay, today? so I have no idea what made me think of it. He was just eating a plate. He was just eating a plate. He was eating some pasta, some pumpkin and spinach pasta. Oh, my God, that cannelloni. It was very good. And Which he, I regret. And he turns to me. He's like, hey, I've, I've got a question for you. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah, but you know what it is? Here's what it is. Oh, this is what, what sparked This is what sparked it. I'm, I'm curious. Uh, me and uh, Neville were talking some political stuff, and... Uh, which is a dangerous subject right now, mm -hmm. especially these last couple of days. But we're on the same page, so we were just kind of venting with each other. You know, we're very like-minded, and I think a lot of the uh, views that we have are very. They're also shared by the the kind of music we like. He likes a lot of reggae, and I like a lot of punk rock, and he likes a little bit of both too, and I like a little bit of both too. But both those music are very anti-establishment, and and when you really chisel away at it, there's a lot of uh, talk of like unity and uniting and against the man, and the man's oppressing us and all this stuff. So it became a question to me, and I was just about to ask Neville, but he got up and he had to. He was first or second match, so. I wanted to ask him, hey, do you think we are the way we are because the music we listen to is kind of politically charged? And because we took a liking to this music, you know, it affected our opinion on politics mm -hmm. or not just politics, but humanity. Right. Or or were we drawn to this music because we were innately rebellious or you know, anti-establishment so or sticking it to the man. It's a chicken and the egg. Exactly Ultimately, he, it boils down to chicken and the exactly egg. Exactly what he said. Chicken and the egg. Yeah. However, Neville walked away. So <laughs> Seth here is just eating his food, and I just turn to him and I say, chicken or the egg situation here. All right, let's <laughs> let's talk about this for one second. Quick question. I wasn't involved in the, in the, in in the, the initial. Uh, he the wasn't initial there for the thought process. Yeah. I saw yeah. none of it. I was just minding my business. But, didn't even hear the political. Uh, but, when, know, but when you hang out with Rami, that's he, there's really never uh, something that sparks it. You just come up with these thoughts. So Things it's very happen. obvious that you would ask this question because that's yeah. how <laughs> you are. They're usually based on something. <laughs> that thing isn't always apparent. Us. Yes, we don't exactly. hear that. It's not always apparent Time. to you. Because then I was two tables over and I heard this thing. That's what I love about Chris yeah he I, just heard something he's like I want to be a part of that because <laughs> grabbed his food and just sat down and joined because us. it was music right yeah, yeah I, I, I saw I saw him saw coming and I knew yeah. he had his plate I'm like oh he heard us talking about <laughs> he's coming so yeah. that ended up sparking what a 30 40 minute discussion well, I, I wanted very... I wanted to pretend that that we didn't have that discussion right. because I think it was very interesting and we don't we just go... we only scratch the surface we really. did so so you're you, you're under the opinion that the music made you who you are I, I really don't know. I still haven't really come to a conclusion on this because, well, I just don't know. I don't know the answer. Mm -hmm. That's why I'd like to discuss it with yeah, you and see what I'm, you guys I'm think. I don't opinion. know. I'm of the opinion that we are 
innately, a, there was yes. innately we have a certain whatever it is predisposition to be rebellious right. to be and that, that we will way. be then drawn to that and, music and, and you identify then with the music you hear as you as you hear it but then like, there's oh, so many variables because almost all genres of music in some capacity have like an element of rebellion to them mm-hmm. you know even rap or hip hop or I don't know, even the kind of music that I really don't like, which is like this hip hop that really uh, glamorizes materialism and I'm so cool and right, popping yeah, bottles yeah. with all this money and all these girls, you know, and all that stuff. That's not my message at all. But even that is very rebellious to some people. So another factor that plays into this is also your upbringing, because then you brought up when you were growing up and you were yeah, first was, falling was, in love with music it was about the uh well when i was first yeah it, to me what, what, what i adapted so much to, to rock and roll heavy metal was the aggression uh, right not so much the rebelliousness because i think as a teenager we're all re- rebels to a certain extent yeah, yeah, yeah but was i listening to to metallica and smashing windows no but i was listening to metallica which was an outlet for the aggression yeah, right. that i had as as a young teenager but this is my point is that it was cool back then Mm-hmm. Metallica was the cool band of that time period. Now Drake or whoever is the cool artist. Sure. So I wonder if like uh you know the your at your environment doesn't ch- I mean uh, probably all contributes it. It's a bit of a nature nurture conversation as well here. You tell me I would have listened to Drake. If you if you grew up <laughs> let's say I'm going to say this. If you weren't from Iowa, Davenport and you were from uh you know the Bronx and you were uh, 16 years old in 2016 Maybe Drake would be your rebellious music. Oh, that's a terrifying. See, thought. See, that's what I'm saying. It all comes out. We are the way we are for a reason. You're talking about the rebelliousness and the aggression. Now, rock and roll has always had a little bit of a dangerous side yeah. to it. That's why, like, okay, you go right back to Elvis. He was dangerous to yeah, parents. Like when I, yeah. when I had Alice Cooper on the show, he said that anything that parents don't like, the yeah. kids will like. And there was larger than life characters at that time frame. I think now rock and roll has kind of become a little nameless, faceless. Literally, in Slipknot's case, I think Avenged Sevenfold, the biggest rock band that's not Metallica no one really even knows who's in the band and I think as a result the true characters the rock stars if you will are the hip hop guys Right, oh, Jay-Z, true. Kanye, Beyonce, Rihanna. Well, they're solo artists. Yeah, That's but, another factor. Well, okay, right. But, but yeah, because there's no hip-hop bands. But I'm saying the large, like, okay, Guns N' Roses in 1987, Axl Rose, Slash, you know, Van Halen, Dan Halen, David Lee Roth, Roth, exactly. You know, yeah. Kurt Cobain. I mean, the one yeah. Eddie Fetter. guitar, like frontman and, and guitarist. The, sure, the classic. They usually always kind of yeah, stick out. Yeah, the classic out. Mick and Keith, uh, Joe Perry and Steven Tyler. But again, there's so many other variables at play because another thing thing that i personally think is that in today's day and age it's harder to become uh a star maybe like you can have you can be an overnight nothing success like i mean youtube you could go on youtube and, mm-hmm. and get millions of followers or whatever just go viral but i think it's harder you know to sustain yeah. it and to mm-hmm. become this like iconic the longevity of yeah the you know and, and i think i had this conversation with Cass or something one time we were riding together and uh you know I put on We Are the World with Michael Jackson and everybody, and it's a who's who yeah. of people that to this day, you na- I mean, every one of these names is, is right. legendary. Yeah. And I and we started talking, will, it, will, will this, anything like this ever happen again? Yeah. And if so, who are our, who's our generation? But you know what's we funny, are the world. though, is, is when they had the anniversary of, of Live Aid yeah. uh, in 85, I think it was, so 2015, they did a, a remake of We Are The World did. with this generation and nobody heard about it. Nobody cared because yeah. it's been done before. Yeah. That was the first time and it not only was it the States, it was in it was in Canada with Northern Lights yeah. uh, and it was in England with Band-Aid and the England one was, was even bigger than, than, the, than the We Are The World in a lot I, of I guess ways. it boils down to this. If Justin Timberlake and Kanye West 
and Drake and Justin Bieber and Christina Aguilera. Oh, she's, I guess, a couple years past. Lady still, Gaga, whoever. Right. You get all these people in one room and they record this song. Will it be Will it have the same impact as it did then? And will it, will it stand the test of time like that one does? Good. Will those artists stand the test of time like these artists do? But you got to think about what was happening. I mean, you go right. back different to time, time and place. Different time, what was happening, right. you know, the whole process, how people consume their music and what was going on in the world. Like that was an important song yes, at that yeah, sure. time. So if there was a subject right. that was that important and that impactful, I could say even though the artists maybe not individually are as big, if they joined it together, who's They to could say, make just as big of an yeah, impact. Yeah, they could make as big of an impact. I, I think we, and we, t- we touched on this earlier in the day too, is the fact that that was the first time that had ever been done. Mm-hmm. Just like when we were talking about like the first yeah. time Metallica oh. came out. Right. You had never heard anything that, like now, like I said, we, you hear Metallica on the radio, you hear them at a hockey game, it's on commercials for, you know, yeah. Ford cars, fuels on there, whatever. But in 1983, 84, when I first heard them, you'd never heard anything like that before, yeah. right? Uh, or, or we mentioned Eddie Van Halen in 78, you'd never heard a guitar player like that. And in 85, We're the World, you had never seen all of these, yeah. these stars together yeah so i i think a question would be in 2016 and 17 what's what what can be done that's never been done before so i think what we had decided when we talked right was nothing right i feel like there's not i don't think i think it's it's so hard. I think the world's just different now. It's a different world. The information travels so fast mm-hmm. that you, people know stuff's done before it even happens. Like, you know, will right? there right. will right. there be an right. artist that just comes out of left field, and it's a sound you've never heard before, and it takes the world by storm? Sure. Like, is there some? What's the closest pick, thing like, that's happened to is that? Is there someone that's going to pick up a guitar? And do something that's never and been make done. Eddie Van Halen sound like you know like uh, primitive. Yeah, primitive. Yeah. Like Eddie did for you know Jimmy Page and Jeff Beck and those guys. Is that even possible? Will someone? Will there be a guy that grows a sixth finger as a mutant? Yeah, exactly. Like, what you know you, what uh, I mean? What, else you what yeah. can happen you're as, re- as a human being? Yeah, because I feel like at this point it's sort of all offshoots of things that we already have. It's like very small. You know, you listen to hip hop for example, and that's I constantly kind of make fun of it, and I maybe shouldn't, but. The, you listen to Drake or whoever now, and it's like it's so unrecognizable from the hip hop that I was listening to in 2000, or the hip hop that was coming out in the late 80s, early 90s, and all that stuff. It's it's, but it's all within that same realm, but it's just so different. Mm-hmm. But it's not like a whole new sound; it's an evolution of the same sound. Yeah, well, punk punk rock's the same way. Sure. Yeah, I mean, sure. In the market metal's the same way. You have yeah, you know, good point. You should just be metal. I don't know where I was now going with there's sub genres. Yeah, so many, right, so many right, right, them, right. And they're right. all you know to the na- to the naked ear that you have never. If if you listen to hip hop and all of a sudden I play you metal, you know, and then I play you thrash metal, then I play right. you black metal, I play you death metal. To that so, person who likes hip hop, they're just hearing the same thing. Right, hearing fast beats yeah, and screaming. Like, oh, so are we yeah. asking here? Will a new genre emerge? Because, like, I mean, dubstep well, sort of came out, look, out of nowhere, but it's already kind of faded. Let, 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 me, let me take it one step further. If Let's go back to the 50s when... Yeah. Now, that, now everything is so available at the, at the, t- at the touch of a finger. Yes. Uh, and we, we know everything that's going on worldwide. But if you go to the 50s when Elvis came out, suddenly everyone's got the ducktail, grease back hair. Yeah. And the Beatles come out. Beatles changed the entire society. Oh, yeah. If the Beatles uh, put their hair in the mop top, everyone did it. Yep. Yeah. If the Beatles went to India to study uh, transcendental med- meditation, yeah, yeah. the world did it. If the Beatles started saying we're taking LSD, the world did it. Yep. Now let's move forward to you know the the heavy metal years where you're talking about like uh, even if it's Van Halen or those type of bands where suddenly you're wearing uh, your hair is bigger. Yep. And then even and even the makeup, androgynous, androgynous, makeup. Yeah, androgynous you know, becomes big. And then you get to Cobain and Nirvana where the whole system everyone was wearing flannel yeah. long johns with shorts over the top yeah. like you watch that movie Singles 
everybody I knew in 1993 dressed like those guys, like Matt Dillon. You know, it's funny. Wayne's World is one of my favorite movies, yeah. but it's so a product of that time. And if you didn't live it, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's kind know. of, yeah, you don't know. You, it's almost you like know? you think it's something that was written, but it's, it was real. Yeah. But, here, but here's my next point, though. After Nirvana kind of changed the whole cultural landscape, who came afterwards? It seemed like that's when things started fragmenting when the world started opening up. Well, that was well, right I when think it happened. That was a mid, the mid-90s. Mid-90s was so right. Punk, yeah, punk, punk rock happened. exploded again after Nirvana. Yeah. Okay. But 94, also, punk exploded. But, but, it, but did it change the cultural zeitgeist the way that Nirvana did or the way that the Beatles did or the way that, you know, we're talking about whichever band you want to say, kind of the glam thing started, where a whole fashion... And, and a way of life came out of this this band. No, there was nothing. After really, that. nothing, I right? Think they were the last Punk ones that really changed. Alternative. I mean, there was like the new metal. You know, those new metal bands in two thousand ninety nine. I mean, yeah, everyone is wearing everyone is wearing baggy jeans That's and true. getting like their uh, you know upper ear part pierced yeah, sure, or whatever. Sure, yeah, yeah. You know, everybody dressed like the singer from Stained or whatever band. You <laughs> know, Fred Durst with the Fred Durst with the baseball cap. Yeah. That's you know, a good point. It just very. I don't know actually, if this rock. is just because. Yeah. It, Maybe I have uh, I'm romanticizing the things that came before my lifetime, but to me it just didn't feel as important. Mm. It felt very flash by night. Like it's such a short. We I mean we remember the new metal period and we're like Ugh, remember mm. new metal God. <laughs> it had a two year run. It got huge, but ultimately it's a two year run. It's a you know two tears in a bucket sort of a thing. It's nothing. <laughs> it's nothing. It's a blip. Yeah. It was a blip. It's a flash in the pan of musical history. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But these other things, these other things were movements. Sure. Like punk the, rock was a movement. The Beatles. That was a movement. Punk rock. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You know. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I don't know if there's been a. Mo- I maybe. I think we're just not connected to it, but I think this EDM thing that's going on right yeah, now sure. is a bit of a movement. Kind, kind of, maybe. It, it, I'm just it, so out of touch that I funny. can't. I, we, I was in, uh, the, you guys know uh, Jamie Iovine, right? Yep. And you know uh, Steve from the Hard Rock? He's another, yep. yeah. So I was there, we had a show there this summer, and I hung out with them, and then they were going to the Electric Daisy Carnival, which is an EDM all-night thing. Yeah. And they were wearing just normal clothes, and then they went and changed into their EDM clothes, yeah. which is skinny jean shorts, uh, a uh, tank top, Flip flops and like some kind of a, a you know, bucket hat. Yeah, yeah. But they both look exactly the same. Look at you two. And J- James probably listening. Look at you two, like idiots. Look at these. Yeah. Well, this is what everyone wears, man. But that was the uniform. Yeah. Like you know, in 1987 when we went to Maiden College, you put on super tight jeans, yeah. high tops that went over top. Uh, you know, a leather jacket and a, and a and a rock shirt. Like that's just what everybody wore. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Edians kind of, kind of. We're big guys. I, I, we just have to come face to face with the fact that we're not cool, hip, young kids anymore. <laughs> That's fair. You know, like I'm That's not, fair. I'm not connected to. to but the I hip, think it cool goes back music. to what Seth said. If we were young kids and cool, would that right. make maybe us EDM the, fans or yeah. hip hop fans? Because maybe EDM. I mean, as stupid as I may think it is, and you know, whatever. It might be the rebel music for a sixteen-year-old kid now, and it might be like, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's true. Uh, I don't very, know. It very well, might be the, the rebellious thing. Because, like I said, there still are some great rock and roll bands. I always focus on like Slipknot and Avenged Sevenfold and those bands, but it's still not like, hey, Axl Rose and Guns N' Roses, right. M Shadows from Avenged Sevenfold. You you couldn't pick them out of a lineup. Yeah, dude, and I couldn't tell you. I mean. Who, who the guitar player? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Skrillex doesn't qualify, I don't think, because he was part of the dubstep thing. But I know, I know zero EDM people. Like I know nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One person that's transcended, right? Right. That's come out of the movement and been a mainstream. Yeah. But like, and that's like, like, it's not a movement. It's not a culture. Maybe it is a culture. But you're talking about like, there's a great video online of you rocking out at Parkway Drive. Yes. And you're just like uh, blame. Uh, sorry, uh, bring me the horizon. Played yeah. O2 the night after we did. I could not tell you. 
anybody in any one of those bands. And yeah. I, I know some of their songs, but I don't know any faces. There's, sure, no, sure, yeah. there's no danger there, right? So that goes back to what we were saying earlier, though, about stars emerging from that time period. There was so much... Uh, less accessible mm, to start. I think we've yeah. had this conversation right. before about how Twitter makes us That's a good uh, point. so accessible. We're so accessible to our fans now. Uh, and just things seemed larger than life because content wasn't as available. There was less, much and, less. And of course, eventually, I knew this conversation would splinter back to wrestling somehow, but it's the same with wrestling now where there's just so much content mm. that maybe, I could be wrong here, but maybe it's just not as special to see us as it used to be. Because I they think, can see so much of us I, I, all the time. I think that's, I agree with with music. Like for example, I remember Oversaturation. if you it's wanted to, to hear a song, business, you know, uh, even back you know in the eighties when I when you have a, a tape recorder when you listen to the radio yep. and you would press record. Like I hope they play you know the new Aussie song. Yeah. Oh, really they're playing is. it. And you run over there and the DJ's talking. You hit it. <laughs> yeah, you yeah, yeah, Always yeah. miss the first three yeah. or four bars. And then you know it's funny because you you memorize that song from that tape yeah, recording. Yeah, 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 and yeah. so when you hear that song now, you still remember what the DJ said at the beginning of the song. Yeah, hundred percent waited six months to get life as a highway <laughs> i would call the radio tom station Cochran, yeah mix 96 montreal yeah song. can you please play tom cochran life is a highway and, and that's the thing because if you want life as a highway but it was on an album where all, you didn't know any other songs you had to pay 15 bucks right. it's, it's a lot of money for one tune yeah, right especially when you're 10 yeah, for sure and now we can just go online i can look up the most obscure Aussie song it, it, right. you know, it was played once in yep. Bulgaria in yeah. 1992 and somehow the footage is up there on YouTube yeah, everywhere got it. how it's there everywhere. so I, I think like you said I think a little bit of the mystique and the because uh, you had to work you had to work hard to get this stuff you had to really you know find the import record shops or find guys that could cook you up with you these things figure it out for you yeah. Yeah, and I think now it's like you just go it's the same thing with pictures when I was a kid yeah, and I went to, to oh, try to see a band talking about this on the bus too I would have to commit tangible pictures I yeah. would grab a camera I would grab film i'd have to have a flash and i'd have to be waiting yeah now it's like oh my god can i take a picture with you i'm not even sure yeah. who you are here's my phone click yeah, click, click 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 yeah six of them at the, in five seconds so yeah, yeah. be the same and there's and, there, and there's yeah, there's <laughs> still some guys that still haven't figured out how to use their phone and you're oh, standing there that's the smiling face like guys come uh, on please uh, uh, no i just had it i yeah, just, just had just, it oh, man, you're filming yourself turn it around <laughs> turn it around yeah. i'm sorry i'm just very nervous <laughs> you can't yeah, just you don't do a low selfie yeah. never do that this should be a seinfeld never do the low selfie yeah. Yeah, do the high selfie, high selfie. <laughs> so we're talking about, about music so what was the your guys's first experience that the or a band that kind of connected you uh and, and made you realize that you were really into into the vibe of music seth uh for me it was metallica uh, my mm -hmm. brother introduced me to metallica man and i was and i was look i grew up listening my mom was big into michael jackson my dad kind of like 80s rock and 70s rocks so like pink floyd was big for him van halen thin lizzy and stuff so like i had kind of like a heavier side, but at least a rock side. You had your foundation. Yeah, yeah, and then my mom, you know, Michael Jackson, Paul Abdul, that whole... But, but I was basically, like, until probably, like, middle school, I was pretty much listening to whatever was on the radio. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? So it, up, up until, like, the boy band era, I was like, okay, in sync, woohoo. But then my <laughs> brother played uh, Injustice for All. That was, like, the first thing, first Metallica so, record that I how old heard. were you at this point? Man, I had to have been, shoot, maybe... 12 13 years old okay. like right going into middle school yeah, or yeah, some, yeah. somewhere around that time period and it just i was blown away like it, it had the melodies that my pop music had mm -hmm. but it also had this like guttural aggression, aggression yeah. 
passion, and not that Michael Jackson, because I still love Michael. Jackson Oh gosh, Michael, Michael's, Michael's got passion. Yeah, he's got that. passion, but it was just a different balls. It was a yeah, it was a balls. different and, thing. And plus, on that record, there's some pretty intricate playing as well. So oh, you kind of hear an almost prog rock because there's nine ten it's, minute it's, songs. Yeah. On. It's attitude. It's 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 not attitude. Passion, it's yeah. attitude. Great call. Yeah, it was totally different than anything I had ever it's experienced before. You know, I, like I said, I listened to the classic rock. Like I was fine with that, and even the modern rock from the '90s. You look at Nirvana. You look at uh, the Foo Fighters. Mm -hmm. You look at some of those earlier bands and stuff like that. Gen Blossoms, kind of what was Goo Goo Dolls, what was yeah. pop, pop yeah. rock yeah, at yeah, that yeah. time. But dude, this was on another level. Right. Another level. Just uh, unbelievable to me. So I mean, you know, I heard Sabbath and stuff like that, but this was just Metallica special Metallica is different. I it just want to say. It's that I fully attached myself to. It was mm -hmm. like, these are my dudes. Yeah. And they've been my dudes for 20 years. Right. You know? So like that, that's pretty crazy. And that this, you gotta, I, you kind of got to give it up for Metallica because you have the same experience with Metallica. Well, that's why I love hearing this story, that, right? Because you know, more fifteen years. It doesn't matter that. what age you are; you yeah. come to this this realization that this band is different from all <laughs> right. others. And Metallica is the Beatles of their generation. Every kid has had a Metallica phase, sure, you know, sure. And my phase was only it was at the beginning of their career. Yeah, yeah. I, I told the story earlier about right going line. to Bigelow's convenience store down the street from my house. There's this little kind of a, a little Jedi type Yoda guy. His name was Brad Hadubiak. Great uh, Winnipeg name. Great, great Canadian, Ukrainian great, name. Yeah, great. And he had. I remember he had zits all over his face and he was just a little guy but he would sit there on the front step of the of the convenience store like on one of the park uh, you, when you park one of the curbs yeah. and uh, you would just go to Brad and like you know yeah. you would ask him for his wisdom yeah who's who's the band I should check out and he had all these he knew everything about metal See, you, Brad doesn't exist anymore does the internet yeah, yeah Brad there is no Brad was my internet. Everyone had a kid. Yeah. yeah. So I had Angelo DeCorey. I told you his dad was a his dad was a DJ, and somehow this kid was way ahead of his time. I don't understand. He had his finger on the pulse. He was way ahead. Like, how did he know? Well, I don't know. Because so, for example, Green Day kind of started exploding. He's like, wow, punk, and I don't know. So you find. My my theory is that you know you find the the music magazine where Green Day's on the cover and you open it up and you start reading about Green Day and then they're talking about and you Rancid. find other bands that you talk yeah. about oh Operation Ivy and then you know I, I think I was telling you this before but growing up in Canada I think it was the same for you but back then nineties you just go to HMV with a bunch of CDs and say oh I got these a birthday gift I don't like them and you just they just let you they take would take five new they ones. would yeah. take used CDs and exchange them right. for new ones CD burners didn't Which exist back the then. wonder the whole chain went out of business right, right. just straight exchange then? yeah HMV's just not out of business what? Pretty close. Does it still well, exist? I don't know if they. I, I, I didn't mean to burst your bubble there, my man. You almost started. Crying. They are not in a business. <laughs> yeah, you basically take a CD in there that that you that, like. The idea was you had you should have bought it from HMV, oh. and then when you you, you don't you just want didn't it, need a receipt because you weren't asking for money back. You were just exchanging. Trading. Yeah, they yeah. Just gave you they just gave CDs. you. Yes, it was insane. Yeah. Oh my goodness! So a, you just have endless amounts of free endless. Some, yeah, it was, it was like it was, Apple it was the original Napster. Yeah, Spotify for right, right, right. I mean, you have to be a little carny though. <laughs> just to tell, tell the end of the Brad Dubiak story yeah, about please. Metallica because he was like he would he, what he had like you said he would get all the fanzines from Europe Metal Hammer and uh, Ardshock magazine remember I always loved Oddshock it was from like Denmark or something and he would go through and then find the, the albums and then the bands so he said you gotta try this band Metallica and uh, I remember he, he showed just told us me what your friend said. Remember when you? Yeah, he showed us the ad, and he goes, "Was it Metlica?" Yeah, <laughs> we're like, "That's a stupid name." Stupid name. And that's when you laugh. You think back yeah. about that. Like it really is. Like it, people sometimes go, "Fozzy, that's a dumb name." But if you think about Metallica, yeah, or Kiss, yeah. yeah. Like if, if my band was Hug, two Gs, or Def Leppard, yeah, yeah. Def terrible, right? They're all terrible. So so, uh, and he's like, "You got to check out the Metallica." So I went to the store, and I, you would go through the record bin, and you go like, you know, A, B, C, D, and with yeah. your fingers. 
And then you get to the M and pull it up, and it's this Ride the Lightning with this big blue album cover, which looks cool. Sick. And then you turn it over in the back, and there's these four ugly skids <laughs> with like really bad hair. And I remember Terrible. Lars and Cliff had the bad teenage mustache, and they got cool. zits. And I realized these guys look like me. <laughs> <laughs> I love these guys already. So then I took them to my house, and I put them on my parents at this big, giant, old school 70s record player that was more like a piece of furniture. Yes. <laughs> right. I tried I, to buy one of those recently. Did you? I would love to yeah, have I one of those. Yeah, I went on Craigslist. You tried to buy the full size. The guy. cabinets. Like it's old <laughs> 50s <laughs> furniture, kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 60s it's furniture. 70s, right? It's a cabinet, yeah. and then you pull up the deal, and there's the record player. And the speakers yeah. are built yeah. in. Yeah, they're built, built in. in. <laughs> so then you put it on, and of course, Fight Fire with Fire is the first song, and it, but it's almost like I thought he was joking because it starts off with that harpsichord thing. Yeah. And like, th- this is, this is sucks, you know? <laughs> and then. And just kicks off. And dude, I felt like I had just taken a line of cocaine. <laughs> I didn't know what cocaine was, but yeah. if I would have, it would have been that. So let and me it was ask so you this. fast and so powerful and so different. Like you said, Seth, so never heard anything like this before. Is this a life defining moment for Absolutely. you? Absolutely. There's been a couple with bands, but but Metallica, absolutely, by far, life-defining moment. Uh, I think the other two where I had the same charge was Kiss, discovering Kiss. And I discovered Kiss in the 80s, going back to the 70s, and then the original Beatles, I think. Yeah. I think Iron Maiden, to an extent, those are my four favorite bands. To this day, I still have that feeling yeah. when I hear their stuff. All right, there are some seriously talented luchadors in AEW, and not all of them speak English, which can make putting together matches a little challenging sometimes. That's why I signed up for Rosetta Stone. I'm learning Spanish, amigos. Amigas, see, already learning. Haha, Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program. You don't even have to learn Spanish, though, because Rosetta Stone has 25 languages, including French, German, Korean, Arabic, and Polish, and Japanese. That's what I'm going to do next. I spent a lot of time in Japan, and I still work with a lot of Japanese wrestlers at AEW, like Takeshita. So having a better handle on the language will definitely show in the ring. Communication is key. And learning Spanish on Rosetta Stone has been so fun and easy. They've got this true accent feature that gives you feedback on how well you're pronouncing words. Sort of like having a personal trainer for your accent. I'm using the app, but you can also do the lessons on desktop or laptop. I also like that I can download the lessons and do them offline, which is perfect for a plane. I can sit there on a flight and work on my Espanol. So don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Talk is Jericho listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash Jericho. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash Jericho today. That's rosettastone.com slash Jericho. Do it today. Buddy Deal, what's your favorite color? Talk is Jericho. Talking music with Sami Zayn and Seth Rollins. So how about you guys? What's your first experience hmm. with any band? Um, okay, well, the year was 1992. Just so we know, we're all on the same page, but we're different. I'm 46. How old are you? 32. And you're 30. So you guys are like a generation beforehand. Yes. yes. But still, it, I like hearing this because it's the same... Yeah, it's the same yes. vibe, right? Yeah. So, okay, right. So it's just early, that feeling of being excited. 92, which... Well, actually, here's the thing. So I didn't grow up in a musical family at all. Mm-hmm. I pretty much never heard music, I think. until <laughs> So I knew... The first song I think I remember hearing is Bon Jovi, Bad Medicine, when I'm four or five years okay, old. Okay, yeah, yeah. Still has a very soft spot in my heart. Great That's tune. a great song, It's a great man. tune. Absolutely. That's a great song. Damn right it is. Underrated. Absolutely. Underrated Bon Jovi song. Um, yeah. And uh, Pump Up the Jam. 
Those are the only two songs I remember from age four. Pump up the jam. Because yeah, I remember for some reason, I don't know why this is tattooed in my head, but so we're Arabs and my... Uh, we're Arabs. We're my family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're Arabs. So we we're Arabs. And, you know. and so there was some Arab kid in the neighborhood named Anwar. Uh, and he comes in. We're listening to the song, and he's pointing to my two older brothers. And listen, listen, they say my name here. When she goes, I want a place to stay. He goes, he goes Anwar, a place to stay. <laughs> to this day, I remember that. It, I don't know why that's burnt into my wait, brain. Wait, wait. Was he was he dead serious? A hundred percent. You know what? Come on, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. You know when yeah. you're a kid and you're like, listen, listen, they say my name here. I remember my friend Justin Sanchez. Same thing. We're listening to Beds Are Burning. Uh huh. And he's convinced that they say, uh, I don't remember what part of it, Justin, my way, or something like that. Uh It's like, Justin, Justin. (laughs) So, you know, you're like, Anwar is like, Anwar, (laughs) a place to stay. (laughs) I don't know why, but I just never forgot that. Oh, that's the highlight so so far. (laughs) That's like age four or five. I'm I'm young. My brothers are five years older than me. I'm, you know, just whatever. Uh, See, but this is interesting to me. You come from an Arab family, which you you think of like uh, uh, the history of the world. Rock and roll, not part of the Arab oh. culture in any way, shape, or form. I mean, form. if you really want to dig deep, that becomes a part of my life later on about my mother saying, this is, you can't listen to this. <laughs> wow, interesting. What yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, this is all, this is all, come the devil's not, music. yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, I've got, a, I've got a great story to tell you uh, as well about how Arab music, would it be Middle Eastern music? Yeah, or, sure, Arabic. Yeah. Influenced the entire sound of the police. No, because when Stuart Copeland was a kid, his dad was in the CIA and they were stationed in Iran, Iraq, something Uh like this. And he grew up in walking the streets where all the percussionists were there with like the the, my mom played tablas and all that stuff. And he says you can hear a lot of that in the police, kind of the weird. But yeah, and that stems not from reggae; it stems from Arabian music. Interesting, right? Very interesting. That is all part of what we're talking. about so maybe my parents would play occasionally like, I don't know, Um Kalsum or some, some stuff I wasn't interested in. But so the year's 1992. I'm seven years old. We just moved from Montreal to this other suburb, Laval. And um, I discover a radio, like a little boom box. And it's pretty much, it's collecting dust. It's in a closet. And I plug it in. And I start fiddling with the knobs. And I pretty much just discover music. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Now I've discovered music. Age seven. Yeah. You know? And so I remember, uh, I have no idea what this song is. But now with today's technology... Sure, I could find it just by Googling the so lyrics. We'll tweet it to us. It was a pop song and it, it went so pure. You're touching me, so pure. You're touching me. Do you remember that song? No, no. 1992, some hit. And I remember the Gazette. I would always go, we got the paper, the, the Montreal Gazette. I'd always turn to the back of the arts and life. And in the top right corner, they had the, the top 20 songs or whatever. Like, oh, these are the songs I gotta. Or like, wow, Ill Communication's been number one for six weeks, you know? Yeah, and, Beastie Boys, yeah. Yeah, so. Uh, sorry, I'm rambling here, but basically that was when I first, I would say, I just became obsessed with music, and I would tape these. Was there just a like certain you said, band that you connected with? Oh, uh, that early, I can't think of. It, it was uh, all my tapes were labeled various artists, which is I'm, I'm I only knew that from the Gazette. Yeah, yeah. I knew yeah, that yeah. various artists. I mean, I was yeah. You don't know what those and just so you guys made. understand, this was like a, a early version of a Spotify playlist. Yes, where yes. you would take a cassette and put the songs on them, and hoping that the the song the cassette wouldn't run out in yeah, the middle of your song. Saturday, oh, right? Yes. I almost got all the way through and it died. Saturday, if I. I wasn't at Arabic school, which I always was. It drove me nuts. But, <laughs> wow. um, you know, I'd listen to the top 20. 
yeah. at 4 p.m. Oh, top 20, you know, and, and I would tape those songs. So those are the songs in the Gazette. And so that was kind of how I uh, got into music. And then, you know, again, a couple of years pass and now Green Day explodes. You keep mentioning them. Is that one of your bands? When not, not me. Okay. But again, Angelo DeCorey <laughs> was, bra- was way ahead of the time. Yeah. <laughs> Terrible influence, by the way, when I think back on it. But anyways, <laughs> but this kid, uh, because his dad was a DJ and we were close friends, I'd spend so much time at his house, had access to basically whatever Spotify was then. It was, this is it. I mean, uh, books and books of CDs. Mm-hmm. So it's like an un- unlimited supply of music. And uh so but he just had, I don't know how he did it But he just knew about All these bands And like Screeching Weasel And all these punk bands That Because he heard Green Day opened the door And that opened the door To punk So For a we, lot of kids were, You know Have the same story Were from you a punk guy too Seth? Or were you no, more of a, not as Are a you kid. still more of a metal guy then? Yeah As a kid I was Almost strictly metal Like do when So who else besides Metallica Were you into? Uh, Pantera was the second one They yeah. were the natural transition For me And then I really got into Like Kind of like the new wave of American metal in the early 2000s, like Shadows Fall, mm-hmm. God Forbid, Lamb of God, and Kill Switch. Kill Switch, yeah. yeah. They they kind of had because I mean there was really not a whole lot of metal going on in the 90s, like Metallica, Slayer, Pantera, uh, Pantera saved the day. Yeah, basically, they were the, the only day. happening band. Yeah, they did Vulgar, they did yeah. Far Beyond Driven, and then they did Reinventing the Steel in the 90s and uh, Trend Kill too. Yeah. Great on Trend Kill, but there was really nothing that was mm-hmm. happening. It's Metallica. Had stopped making records after the Black Album. They weren't doing anything. Well, then they kind of went more of a hard rock groove style. Yeah, yeah. When they you came know, cut back, cut their hair, and it was more of the load stuff. Yeah. yeah, load and reload were, you know, they were a different band at yeah. that point. They were, as a Metallica fanatic, I was really disappointed. Oh, dude, like, yeah. Just like, oh my god. You look back at the records now; they're very, good very records. good. But it yeah. wasn't what you wanted. Time, yeah, though, you yeah. were you know? so you were very. <laughs> I remember being so confused. Yeah, and like, just, wait, what is what is happening? This I, is. I remember in Japan, there's a there's a magazine called Burn Magazine. It's like a great heavy metal magazine, and it was like such a controversy that they had cut their hair, and yeah. changed the music, and they had this big uh, cover of the Burn Magazine, and it said Metallica with the new picture of them, and they had crossed out the metal and wrote rock over top of it rock the rock talica now rock talica yeah so those were the bands that uh the, the ones i mentioned shadows fall kill switch they really they started playing thrash metal again they mm-hmm. were the first bands that really started playing thrash metal and i hadn't really listened to hardcore at that point yet either uh, but they were kind of mincing in a little bit of the, that sound and so then you had basically the birth of metalcore in mainstream music mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where you had like the big breakdown soaring you know uh melodies in the choruses and st- kind of the thrashy riffs and stuff like that and that's like to me that's when i pretty much got obsessed with music was about mm-hmm. that time like the early 2000s that's when i like couldn't get enough of it and anything that anybody else was listening to they it sucked <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. on the radio <laughs> well sucked. that's the thing right yeah dude anything anything you, you know your music is crap these these artists don't write their own song this this is all garbage you need to listen See, to the real stuff especially as, as like a metal guy because when you're growing up it's it's so stupid because if you're, you're, you're either metal Metal or you're not. Yeah, you know what I mean. If you're not metal, you're not my friend. And I remember uh, in junior well, high you school, like the, you don't strike me as a guy who was like that. Oh no, you? I was metal, heavy metal. Like okay. when, when but you did you? If you were like a classic rock guy, no, you, no, I was fr- I was friends. Yeah, yeah. I was not that type of guy. Yeah, but yeah. I but I was the uh, I was the uh, the representative for the metal allegiance of Winnipeg at my high school, <laughs> oh, which yeah. entailed me a junior high school, which means I had to hand out buttons to people and say be a part of the metal allegiance, and then I'd go downtown and give my dollar twenty of how much money. I spent on buttons <laughs> and that gave me the right to be the metal legions rep. That's hilarious. But, That's uh, awesome. But I was super into um, into metal and everybody at the time in junior high school was when Duran Duran was hot. Like all the girls were in love with Duran Duran. Like it was crazy to describe how over they were. Yeah. yeah. 
and they I hated Duran Duran, even mm. though now I love Duran Duran. They're awesome, <laughs> Great. but they weren't metal. Yeah. So I even made a shirt. I took it. Uh, I took a, a white paintbrush and I wrote "Death to Duran Duran" yes. on a black T-shirt, <laughs> yes. and I wore it to school. Yes. Whoa, and I love I, it. I wonder why. Just I never a had heel any, from day one. Yeah. You know? I love I it. Never man. had any dates. Yeah, and I remember I I went to a party. It was you February. know what? Hey, that that is a. That you know, we're talking about life defining. That's that's pretty. That defines you. What well, yeah, that defines I mean, the rebellion. That's part like of the rebellion, everybody yeah. and the attitude. Everybody right? else does this. Well, I do this. Right. And I say, yeah, yeah, to yeah. you and your your but that's your rock stuff. And roll, that's, that's rock yeah. and roll. That's rock and roll. Right. And there was there was a party, uh, like a junior high school party in February in Winnipeg, which is minus 30, 40, yeah. really cold. And they were playing some Duran Duran, and I walked upstairs to the stereo. I popped out Duran Duran. I put in Metallica, oh, uh, yeah. Ride the Lightning, press play. Off, yeah. That I had to record off the album, by the way, because I couldn't afford the set <laughs> yeah. as an album guy. And you could hear like, <laughs> and this really big girl, her name was uh, Sheila, F- no Shelly Demcu, no Sheila Fletty was her name. I got to mix up. She was a big big corny eating mama yeah. yeah she walked upstairs she goes what are you doing she clicked out the tape and she threw it in the snow oh she goes go get your tape and she pushed me out the door and i remember looking through the snow like freezing but i was my metallica tape i got a metallica tape and that's so that that's just the stuff that i was doing it's yeah, like yeah, metal, yeah you know yeah but i mean i guess that was the commitment that's you know it I mean? you had to have that you attitude. had to have that. i right. couldn't casually listen to I, it i feel no, like you now is believe you yes. you, were, you were part of that man absolutely it was special it was like it was very i was a about it to an extent like it was very mean like almost snobby about yeah, it yeah very much yeah, so man yeah, yeah, I was, okay. I'm sorry oh, yeah. I, I was, uh, <laughs> he's uh, chest like having a heart attack <laughs> yeah, or something like a side he's like rubbing his <laughs> chest over here because <sighs> <sighs> I'm trying to think was I I don't think I was ever uh no, I was. I'm. I'm judgmental. I'm sorry. But I, the, I try not to be. The but thing, the reason I so hard about it was like I was because uh, when when punk or uh, emo music first started to burst out on the scene, I was. It was the same time, early 2000s, and like taking back Sunday, I was like, no, these guys are no. I yeah. can't listen to this yeah. crap. He's not. This is wimpy, especially because they're getting and they're getting over. And they're, yeah, they're and getting popular. And like Duran Duran, the girls love him. He's right, got his hair and his tight <laughs> yeah. jeans. And yeah. I'm like, screw this guy. Yeah, yeah. Loser. Now they're like one of my. I love them. They're fantastic. They make great. Great rock music because now like, you can appreciate them for yeah. what they are being just a great band like yep. you said but, but at the time because they weren't metal they, they nothing weren't, else mattered yeah, it didn't matter you know it didn't matter all that mattered was metal mm. music let's rock and, roll. and that's just funny because we're over here in, in austria right now and when i first came to germany in 93 i lived in hamburg for six weeks i could not believe how heavy metal was a way of life here yeah. huge in, in europe right Dude, europe and south america they still love metal. It's they still love rock and roll. Metal or die. And I'm talking yeah. Germany. Leather. Like people just walking in leather pants, yeah. leather jackets, super long hair. This is 1993. Yeah. Grunge is taking over the rest of the world. Not in Germany. <laughs> yeah. They still was like, you know, yeah. if you don't listen to heavy metal, you're fucking stupid. You know? <laughs> and like, it's like that's and to this day when we come over and play here, you've never seen so many long haired people in one place than when you play clubs in Germany. Yeah, and they dude. all look the same. Yeah, they still got the leather jacket with the denim jacket over top. Yeah. The buttons the badges it never changed over here Dude. you know i feel like i never really i don't know how you were you either actually i'm curious to know about you guys but i feel like i never uh and this is a big part of my personality but i never dove head first into into any subculture so even though i love punk rock music i never like i don't dress like a punk i'm not covered in tattoos i remember it's just what you said remind me of that because i was at this uh, punk festival called punk rock bowling a few years ago in vegas 
And uh, I was wearing my, I had a Mr. Bungle t-shirt that was white. I love Mr. Bungle. Do you like him? Like crazy Take band. I love yeah. Mike Patton. I think he's great. Yeah. And I'm wearing these um, ridiculous uh, swim shorts that I bought in Hawaii from the <laughs> ABC store because I, I went to Hawaii and I didn't have swim shorts. I <laughs> bought them for 20 bucks. They're just pathetic. They have flowers all over them. And I'm just wearing these shorts and this t-shirt. And I look around ever, and I realize I think I'm literally the only person without a tattoo or without like, you yeah, know, you just don't fit in. I'm like, I, this is, I love this. I yeah. love this, but it's, I just don't dive headfirst into the subculture. So when you were metal and you guys were all about metal, did you dive in? Did you dress the part? Did you act Absolutely. the part? Absolutely. You had to. Yeah. I, I was on, uh, we went to, he said these things called a career symposium when I was in, in junior high school, sure, yeah. which basically, yeah, you would go in like a bunch of different people. Job fair. Yeah. Job fair. Yeah. And they, you might want to do this when you grow up. And they had the local video show was called City Vision. And all the kids were lined up trying to get on TV because he was doing it live with the people, the kids behind. And I was wearing my Iron Maiden Power Slave shirt. And he came to me. He goes, next video is uh, Brian Adams. Do you like Brian Adams? He said to me, and I went, yeah, he's all right. Like super, like, <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, he's all right. Yeah. I never heard the end of that for about six months. Oh, you like Brian Adams, do you? He's not oh. metal. How kind of a metalhead are you? You said Brian, I, I didn't like him. You said he was okay. It's the same thing. Arguing about Brian Adams yeah. because I said I thought he was okay. Uh, yeah. Hey, I'm unashamed to say Brian Adams rocks. He's amazing. He's Fantastic. incredible. And he rocks. He's incredible. There's nothing, there's nothing I saw him to not live. like about Brian. I actually thought Brian Adams was okay yeah. at the time. But it's a, back then, you're so in the yeah. culture. Right. Yeah. Kind of like, yeah. But I see. I never bought into that. Like, oh, but you're punk, and you listen to this. Like, right. yeah, I oh. do. I'm not one oh, track. Me and my you know. friends were so bad. You're elitist, like, yeah. crazy, huh? My brother, for I example, huge metal guy. He's a, he got me into metal, Metallica, Pantera, everything I listened to. And then it, he went through an ICP phase. Wow! And, I went oh through an ICP. God, phase. <laughs> we he never heard. The oh, end of we ridicule. I still to this day ridicule him for, and he still he still a little bit listens yeah, to yeah. it. Yeah, it's he all, was, it, that's he the thing went, about ICP. They get, he went they're always kind full of there. Yeah. Juggalo. I'm talking. Yeah. <laughs> the woo, woo, got the tattoo. The hatchet man. No and tattoos, like, but he had the sticker on his Yeah, 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 yeah. The man. gatherings. Like, he did the whole thing. And, like, <laughs> God dude, bless them. I can't, yeah, I couldn't believe we were, me and my friends, all of us, and I, we had a little small group, and we were just like, what is wrong? He's changed. Yeah. What's wrong with him? We gotta, we gotta have an intervention. We gotta, we gotta talk. Something's not right, man. Like we were like, we couldn't handle it. It was too much. Same thing. Like when when uh, my buddy Derek started listening to like what was his last name? Aaron's. Derek Aaron. Derek I like Aaron. the whole name. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, I like yeah, the whole name. Especially when you're from, like, from high school because <laughs> yeah. you get a lot of good yeah, names. Yeah. Derek Aaron's. Derek Aaron's. Derek Aaron's. Especially good. in Winnipeg. Yeah. 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 He started listening to like different, like a softer kind of music from time to time. And he would, uh, he actually, like my band, my friend started a band. They played in, they over the years have played in tons of different metal bands and stuff like that. He was, he's actually a very excellent, talented guitarist. But like, you know, he's played local, awesome local metal shows or whatever. He never did anything about it. He's a great guitarist. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, he started like, you know, after listening, experimenting to other music and we all just were like no dude you can't it's not fast it's not heavy get you, you know what's so funny about that you. too because we had the same thing but if you go in if we, Metallica's come up quite a bit but if you delve into the history of Metallica with Cliff Burton the bass player who died in 1986 obviously yeah. his, his favorite bands were Almond Brothers yeah. R.E.M. Skinnerd. He brought that to James Hetfield and taught him this is a melody. Yeah, this is this is how you sing harmony. This is how it works. Meanwhile, if some kid I knew was like REM, but you, you that's not metal. Right. You're yeah. wimp. You wimp. <laughs> no, now knowing that Metallica was based around REM yeah. in a and lot you, of ways, you'll find that all your favorite bands. Oh yeah, of that, course. That you think you think oh they would be embarrassed to admit no those are their influences. Yeah, exactly. All of them. Have you heard? Sling TV offers the news you love for less. 
Hey, wait. You look and sound just like me. I am you. I'm the same news programs on Sling TV for less. You mean you're me, but for less money. A lot less. I'm all the favorite news programs and more on Sling TV starting at just $40 a month. Everything great about me, but for less money? Which makes me greater, don't you think? Get the news you love and more for less. Start saving today. Visit Sling.com to see your offer. Sling. Who was the first uh, rock star that you ever met? Oh, met, man. yeah, met. or or like a like someone that you admired. well, you I mean you've met everyone. No, but I'm talking about when I was in high school. Oh, gotcha. Like the you. first, like I'll give you one. So, uh, my friend uh, had, had knew a girl that worked at the Westin, which is the big hotel in Winnipeg where all the rockers would stay. Love a good Westin. So the first uh, I got two. The first was a um, Iron Maiden was staying, and we found out what floor they were on. And we just started knocking. And now we complain about the fans that were waiting in the lobby. You went to the room. Knocking on their doors. <laughs> oh, my God. I knock what? on the door. And uh, Adrian Smith, who's one of the guitar players, is actually a good friend of mine now, 30 years later. He oh, answered the door. He had a, um, a towel around his head. Like, he had just washed his hair like a turban. Like turban style. Yes. And he opened the door. He's like, hello? I'm like, hey, uh, can I take a picture with you? Or, no, I said, can I have your autograph? Because he didn't take pictures then. His autograph yeah. was everything. Can I have your autograph? He's like, I just got out of the shower, mate. Can you maybe come back later? And I was like, okay. And he closed the door and I just stood there. Where are you, you going to go? Yeah, like he said, come back later. Well, how, how, I pull a Sammy Zing. Well, how long is later? Is it yeah. later? Yeah, it's not later. Uh, I'm sorry, not one more time. <laughs> sorry, just to clarify, later is that, are we talking five minutes later, five minutes, two, two hours, two hours. time frame? I don't know what to do here. And then the, finally the security guard came. I'm sure he went and called the security oh, and they came sure, and kicked us out. Sure. And then the other one was we, uh, we said, well, they can't kick us out if we actually have a room here. So Metallica, Justice for All Tour. This is when, um, uh, so anyway, I'll tell the story. So we, we rented a room on their floor and just opened the door. Sooner or later, they're going to walk by. Why? Yeah. And lo and behold, after a couple hours, here comes Hetfield. Hours, and this is when, <laughs> dude, we sat there. Just creeping. Just we sat there. Yeah, just stake stake out. Out. And he, this, this is when, like, he always seemed like he's, he seemed like a big, tall, which he is, but not as much now. But then he was like tall, godlike. Crazy. He had yeah. godlike. godlike. He had a nose ring, and they had done, they went to this phase where they shaved the sides of their head. That's yes. right. So yes. when the hair was down, it was down, but they would put it up like in a ponytail yep. in the back. Yep. And he just looked like this crazy, like blonde-haired Indian, crazy Mohawk guy. So <laughs> he year was that, like 89? Oh. So he's walking down the thing. We're like, James. And he's like, stops. He goes, hey, guys. We go, hey, Come in and come in and drink a drink some beer. We got a six pack. That's literally what I said. We got a six pack. There's three of us now. <laughs> You're trying to talk in like his language. Yeah. Hey, dude, we have beer. James yeah. probably drank three six packs before he got out of bed yeah, in the morning. Right, right. And he's like, he's like, oh, that's okay, guys. I'll, I'll see you in a bit. Once again, yeah. we'll see us in a bit. Yeah. He's got to be coming yeah, back. Yeah. He yeah. never came back. But sure. I was like, James, can you come drink? We got a six pack, man. That's You're trying to talk his language. Yeah, that that kills him. me. Come yeah. hang out with us, and we'll give you two beers. There you go. Yeah. So that's what I'm talking. Like the first brushes with greatness with these guys. Did you guys oh, ever? Man. Did you ever hang around the hotel or Dude, trying to not even trying close. to see anybody? I would hang out I after wish. the shows sometimes. Like kind of you see, you know, you see the buses, so you yeah, know yeah. they're out of the trailers or whatever. So you kind of like hang out and like peek around <laughs> and stuff like that. And I just remember getting. Uh, it was I want to say it was John Donis or Mappa Sean from Shadows Fall. They were playing a club gig in Clinton with Meshuga, who was an 
fantastic crazy heavy band, band. Yeah. yeah crazy i think mushroom had headlined and i remember they were like also crazy lumped into that new metal yeah, like, yeah, yeah. so like i was like no we're not staying <laughs> but shadows fall it was shadows fall and god forbid opened and um i remember being a huge shadows fall fan at the time art of balance had just come out and i remember like waiting or kind of like yeah, yeah, just yeah. hang out by the bus and maybe we'll just see somebody you know who knows we'll just see somebody and like walking by and like I, I can't remember if it was John or Matt because they kind of look similar just long dark hair and like yeah. they walked out and I was just like oh my god oh my god <laughs> he's real and, yeah he's real and like so polite and nice and awesome and I was like I remember thinking that was the first time I, I like, kind of was like oh they're also regular people right. at the same time. Like, like, cause I had, you know, you, you do, you deify them to an extent. And I, then, and I, then we, I'm going to say this, and, I still do. And, and it's weird because I, <laughs> I asked you this because you've met everyone. I'm saying like, you've met Axl Rose, you've met Keith Richards. It doesn't get bigger than that. Right. You know, Bruce Dickinson, you told me all these crazy stories. So I asked you, I think, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago, I said, do you still freak out for anyone? Oh, absolutely right i still get very intimidated like uh, i'm intimidated man i'm like i'm weird and i told you i <laughs> shocker I, dude i what's that supposed to mean <laughs> i got i have a new respect for our fans okay actually i'm either offended or i have new respect for them because they come up to me cool as a cucumber oh hey sam can i get a picture you know like, samuel yeah <laughs> hey sam uh do you want to bother you for a quick picture cool. hey hey really like that match see ya i'm like wow yeah they're really put together yeah when i meet people i just want to say i'm a oh god i don't want to be that guy i don't want to be the guy but you know i'm a huge fan and i just your music is really affecting my life i just have to tell you that but, uh, okay well, cool you want to have some you want to drink no no i gotta go i gotta yeah, go yeah. i'm weird well, you're, like, you're plenty of those too the, the first time i met hetfield other than the then they offered him two beers yeah. was uh uh i basically started crying <laughs> Not while I was talking to him, but as soon as I said, you know, and once again, thank you for the music and all you've done. I think and, he told me this. Yeah. And then and I, as soon as he left, I started crying. I was 39 years old. <laughs> but you know what? It was like six that years ago. That makes sense to me. That makes sense to me. Now, I, to, be, to be fair, with, I've never met Metallica. I've never seen them live. I've never met them. I think if I've never met seen them, Metallica live. I've never seen oh, dude, them we're live, going. Dude. We're going to go. I, I would, saw them. Oh, my God. I saw go. them in Vienna. That's what? crazy. Really? Yeah, we're, oh, in, we're Vienna in Vienna now. Right now. Oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why it's crazy. I can't believe it. I okay, only saw the them once. You've Vienna. never seen them or I've never, never met them. Seen them live. Never met them. And I would think I would. I, I have so much reverence for them that I think I would. I would be affected by that. And J James is one of those guys too. Like even now, I've I've known him. Like he, you he's know, got we've that had conversations. Though. I still get. I don't know where to start the conversation with yeah. a guy like that. Whereas yeah. other guys like Slash, like I talked to Slash for five hours about whatever where he's like us we could have he could be sitting here on, on yeah. this podcast but there's certain guys like you said that you use the word de de deify, yeah, deify. deify. Yeah, you do. and it's like that's one of those guys for me of, of like well because he affected Hetfield. your life so well yeah, yeah. And, so and also too you know just as a riff writer we talked earlier about how how can one man be responsible for so many great songs yeah you know what I mean? Like this is one guy. What are they and Lars throws his, his stuff in there, but this yeah, is James. Album, you know, it doesn't make sense. So 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 uh, it, it, yeah yeah it's like you, I think is uh, okay. So it's James Hetfield and Tony Iommi, those are the two greatest riff writers in heavy metal history. Which one is better is, is up to you. Is right. is your opinion? Taste, yeah. But to think how much like we once again compared it to wrestling. Like how can we write a different match every night and they're always good it's very rare that, that any of the three of us have bad matches at this point in time give a try real hard right or else maybe you've just got <laughs> yeah. two minutes on TV and yeah, you just yeah, yeah. can't do it but some I'm sure they might be sitting around I doubt they're talking about us but <laughs> if they would they might say the same how, how can do they do that how can they write so many 
great matches right. time and time again, weekly, weekly, weekly. Right. You know? Because if you think about it, there's only so many moves in the book. Yeah. You only yeah. have so many moves in your arsenal, yeah. but yet you can tell a completely different story and have a completely different match. Every time. With each other, with the same right. opponent. If we, if we wanted to challenge ourselves, we're working we could have tour, a different We could have a different match every completely night. Completely different, right. with a completely so you, different story. You can't do anything you did last night tonight. That would be... You we know, should do that sometimes. Let's do it. Let's yeah. do it tomorrow. Oh. Well, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> We're so close to the end of the tour. Two shows left. What was yeah. uh, next tour? Next. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what was the first the whimper uh, that just escaped yeah. out of me? There. <laughs> uh, uh. What was the first concert you ever went to, Sammy? Oh, Bon Jovi. Nice. Yeah, nineteen. No. If you tell me the opening band, I'll tell you what year it was. Do you remember the opening band? Was it Skid Row? No. Get this. It was less than Jake. What? How oh. random is that? Wow. Yeah, so what? weird. So That's a strange five or something. No, no, dude. No, it was uh, 2000. I was oh, their wow. Crush tour. Oh, 2000. Wow. The Crush tour? Crush. Remember that? <laughs> it's pretty my good. life. It's my, yeah. Wow, okay. Yeah, it's my, yeah. What, what was their, uh, their other, one wild night. That was yeah. the opener. They opened I, I the love, that. I love when bands do this, though, and, and I, I give them full credit. Like Bon Jovi. We got to stay contemporary. We're not going to take out, you know, Skid Row in 2002. Yeah. Let's take out less than Jake, you know? That's crazy. It's like, right. it's like Kiss on the Reunion Tour took out Smashing Pumpkins. It's yeah. It's kind of a weird mix, but I appreciate them trying to give new bands a chance. Hey, uh, band. I should say Bon Jovi was a huge... Uh, it's, it's weird because I don't listen to him at all nowadays, but he was a huge part of my life. Probably the first band that I fell, like, in love with. Really? Okay. Oh, bon in love. Bon Jovi. And then... Um, what was the song? Do you know? Well, really, it was when that when their greatest hits album came out in '94 with "Always" was a yeah. huge, like huge, oh, yeah, huge, huge. Great. And Bon Jovi, fun fact: Montreal is Bon Jovi country. Wow. Dude, there are some bands that are inexplicably godlike in Montreal. Bon Jovi's one of them, at least at that time. And here's one you wouldn't figure: Sticks, but not just Sticks. Specifically, Dennis the Young, the singer. <laughs> it's weird, dude. He'll he'll put on a concert. It'll sell out. He'll add five more nights, and they'll all sell out. But when Sticks comes to town, he could be plays with Dennis the Young with the Sticks Orchestra. Yeah, it sells out. Sticks comes to town, they can't sell the building. They're in love with him. They love yeah. Dennis the Young. Sticks. Yeah. It's so <laughs> the weird. Stick, Dennis the Young so Sticks. Weird. Yeah, yeah, that's great. But like Montreal loves its classic rock. Yeah. You know, but for Bon Jovi is just so popular there. Bon Jovi really was the first uh artist that i was whoa you know and that crossroads uh, album mm -hmm. the, the yeah, crossroads, yeah. was unbelievable uh these days came out in 95 too very underrated album great album but then really uh, what was the next band that really took over my life probably the beastie boys as a teenager you know and then it kind of became this cycle for probably the rest of my life <laughs> where i just get really really into a band and I just destroy their catalog nonstop <laughs> for three to six months, and then I move on. <laughs> and I'll still listen to them here and there, but for six months, I'm just obsessed with them. It's all I'll listen to. I get that way, too, and, and, and sadly, mostly it's when somebody dies. Oh, sure. Like this year, obviously, besides Lemmy, when Glenn, Glenn Fry died, I was Eagles, yeah. Bowie Eagles, Eagles too, Bowie. Right? I went Super Bowie. Prince. And Prince. I went Super yeah. Prince. All yeah. three. And it was never, obviously, I'm a big Prince fan well, as because a it guy. Because it's reminiscent, so you want to honor their memory, so you want to listen to a little bit. And then you're like, whoa, you go this deeper. is genius. Oh, yeah. And that's when I really started getting into Bowie and Prince because I, I knew the hits, yeah. but it's the deep tracks of that course. are really, really good. All your as favorite well. artists, it's like, sure, that. of course. First you fall in love with the hits, but then you dig deeper and you're like, well, this is the real good stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But uh, to that point, uh, this has kind of nothing to do with nothing, but how great is it when you hear a song or a band that you've grown up listening to your whole life, you haven't heard them in a while, even if it's a song like, I I'm just going to use a bad example here, but Summer of 69, you can't go to a bar without 
Summer of right. 69. Like, it's the token yeah, BS yeah, yeah, rock yeah, song. Sure. Yep. But then sometimes you're alone in a room or something, and you just and the music just hits you just right, and you realize this is a masterpiece. <laughs> that happened to me the other day on the plane. I had my I bought these new Bose headphones. Um, yeah. I don't buy anything expensive. Right. I don't know why. I don't yeah. know. I'm just it's still poor person mentality. So <laughs> I bought my sprung for these headphones because I travel so much and whatever that um, I was asleep on a plane and I had the iPod on uh, shuffle and Queen somebody to love came on oh well, yeah and yeah. you can't see this because you're listening but i was asleep and then my eyes opened like that and i just said this is the greatest song ever written <laughs> i can't believe this it and is, i and i restarted the yeah, song and i couldn't believe that anyone composed this music right it's genius it's, it's, uh, it's incredible it is incredible that could be the best queen song that out is, of oh out of a hundred choices yeah. You want to talk creativity? Oh, you the want to arrangement. talk arrangement? The, the vocals on that alone. Oh my god! The harmonies, yeah. the arrangement. The, Not to everything. mention just the just the just his passion. Oh my sure. god! Sure, I have goosebumps. He <laughs> but he it's, it's it's like lyrics, when you if you yeah. if you know a girl right and you know her for a year and you walk past her and it's cool, but then something will snap or you go, oh my god, like she's so attracted to this girl or she's so beautiful yeah. whatever it may be the, the song, light hits her just right yeah, yeah songs like that happen to me once like like or I for, like uh, we went through our guns and roses mm. usually i forgot how much i love the song locomotive, locomotive when we played it I on mean, the bus that song is, and you were explaining to me why it's great too and then all of a sudden i said well yeah, I'm starting to get excited too. Locomotive it's, it's, is great. It's the epitome of Guns yes. N' Roses. It's intricate. It's long. It's 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 memorable. It's the solos are but great. But it's digestible. The change is digestible. Add it to anyone. But I'd probably you know you hear it once in a while, but they just hit me like Locomotive yeah. is genius. Yes. You know. So that night, I think me and you were both really feeling the music. Yeah. We played the Beatles. I was listening to Oh Darling. My my, See, my going, eyes were squinting. My fist was stabbing. Going back to what you talked earlier, we were listening to our music on the yeah. bus, yeah, and we, we were, were having fun. The night I'm of sure my life. The bo yeah. bus was bored. So yeah. yeah. Like, where's my R. Kelly? <laughs> we, we never played. We never play, I, I, I never, never, never played the music. The only reason was you asked for it, and okay, let's play some guys in a row. Yeah, yeah. I think and, that's when we both discovered our love for the Beatles. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, and uh, you guys didn't know that until recently. No, no, we just bought. We talked about it at length. Uh, I didn't know like, how big of a Beatles fan he was. Yeah, well, I'm I, huge into about. That's yeah. another band that for about a year only listened only to the Beatles. Beatles. Yeah, which is easy to do. Yeah. yeah, it's very easy. They have so many good songs. Funny, I didn't. I was not a Beatles fan. Probably until shoot had to have been later in life five years ago. Yep. Yeah, five years. Really? Ago. Well, you know, I knew the tunes. Sure, I, sure. But my folks didn't grow up listening to them. It wasn't part of the catalog, really. My grandparents weren't into music that much, so it wasn't a big deal. And I knew the songs from commercials and stuff like that. You, you but, can't not hear a Beatles song. Yeah, 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 up, yeah. You, know? You, you know them. You can't yeah. identify them if you don't know the names or whatever. But like. All of a sudden, I actually owe it to the video game Rock Band. Right. They came out with a complete Beatles version. Yeah. Oh, really? I yeah. had it, yeah. A complete Beatles version. And I was, dude, I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah, These are, this is genius. This is yeah. incredible music. Yeah. Where was I? You realize how layered yeah. those songs are as well. Under your, so nose. Much They're under your nose. They're right there. Your whole yeah. life. I'm like, oh, I heard that in my whole life. I heard it's that the, my whole life. It's the girl that, that suddenly realizes yeah. she's hot. Oh, my God. In the movie, right. Yeah. You yeah. can't yeah, no, believe it. Right off. Yeah, she's all that. The quintessential yeah. song that I'm talking about right now, by the way, it hits me all the time, Twist and Shout. No. You heard that song your whole life yeah. a million times. Go ahead and listen to it carefully now. John Lennon's vocals on that song. Or, that's yeah. punk rock, dude. Oh, he's just screaming his rock. head off. Yeah. He, his voice was raw. Yes, you know the story, right? The they totally. recorded the album in a day. Last song, he only had one take left in him, and he swung for the fences. Yeah. And apparently, he knew he could blow his voice out on that song. And yeah. apparently, an interview. God, I have goosebumps just talking about it. I'm getting excited. <laughs> 
But in the interview, he would said years later that for years later after that, his his throat still bothered. Still him. bugged him for for years after that. Throat ripper. Is that, is yeah. that your the favorite Beatles song? Top five. Top five. I think I, I I don't really have a specific order, but I have to put. I think if I had to choose one, had to. Oh, darling. Like you said, it, I it's could, got it all. It's I can't got say no. It's got everything that's great wrong. about the Beatles in one yeah. perfect song. So, you know, the one that that's the same for me is from Abbey Road, which is I Want You, She's So yeah, Heavy. We talked about that. You told same me, thing. Oh, great God. point you made that opened my eyes. You know when someone just says yeah, something yeah, yeah, and yeah. It, he said, this is Sabbath before Sabbath. It's the first heavy metal song. Yeah. yeah. And Hel- kind of it, that riff. Helter Skelter, Revolution, and oh that song God. are the first heavy metal songs that I can God, think of. God, they're good. Yeah, that's before Zeppelin, before Sabbath. That song's, yeah, you know what, deceptively a heavy song because you only hear the chorus, right? Yeah, you only hear the chorus or commercials when you're like not really listening to. You go back right. and listen to the whole song. Like, to to oh, which wow. song? I want. I want. You. Oh yeah, yeah nice. You, if you're not paying attention to it, it yeah, it, you just like oh, that's what I'm saying. And the song. bass playing is crazy. The drums are nuts. Like yeah. everything is so good on that song, and no one knows it. That's another reason I like it. Yeah, because it's mine. Yeah, <laughs> just like you Locomotive. Know? Yeah, that's no right. Th- no one is yeah, gonna I mean, say that's their favorite song. All, all Guns N' Roses tunes are great that they play live. Yeah, but that one is still mine. And you know what's hilarious? I think I'm realizing this as we talk. This all goes back to 16 year old Jericho, Chris, <laughs> who's still like. You know, screw Duran Duran. You guys all like Twist and Shine. Well, that I want my, you is mine. Yeah. That was my you guys all listen to it. I want you is mine. I, I had to, uh, and this is another thing that that you don't get anymore. But I had to give Metallica up to the world. Like oh, yeah, they yeah, were yeah. our band for the for the metalheads. Yeah. All throughout Ride the Lightning, then Master Puppets, and now they're filling arenas, but nobody knows who they are. Yeah. Justice for all filling arenas. Black Co- album. The cult is right. opening for them. Yeah. They're huge, and no, no one knows, knows who they are. And, and then the Black album comes out. Suddenly, boom. Everybody yeah. knows who they are. Sandman's number one hit. High school chicks are going to the concerts, yeah. and it's like it hurt because oh, it's like you remember the big thing was Metallica fucking sold out, and it was another thing at load like it could go from Justice to load. By design on their part, it was just, it was completely basic and groove ridden, but still it bothered me. I hated it for a year because now I have to give, give up my stake and and like, I know this band, come here, want to buy a watch, you know? And and then, and that's, and then, you know, that's kind of part of you. You always want it. Part of the sub, uh, the, um, counterculture appeal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And that's something that I think we talked about at the table earlier today. We haven't touched on it yet, but ultimately that's what, when I was talking about to, to Neville about uh, punk rock or reggae, the big theme that I think really strikes a chord with me is the anti-establishment. Mm. Uh, basically, stick it, rock and roll is about sticking it to the man. Right, right. I yeah. live to. Yeah. I love. Who doesn't love sticking it to the man? I mean, <laughs> you know, sticking yeah. it to the man is what it's all about. Well, not everybody loves sticking it to the man. That's why you're. You. That's why sticking it to the man exists. Yeah, so and right. that's why yeah. to almost come back full circle here, maybe that is why I was drawn to this music because. I'm about sticking it to man, and then this music comes along, and it's about sticking it to the man. Yeah. But then to ask the exact opposite, am I into sticking it to the man because the music I like nah. is about sticking it to the man? Nah. Well, and like, listen, like once again, so. being 46, and a couple of weeks ago there was some stuff that happened where there was some uh, mis- misinformed information was being reported by some of the some of the websites, mm-hmm. wrestling websites, right, or, or Twitter feeds and stuff. Shocker. And I was like, <laughs> one, and uh, dude, I read something and it made me so mad. I'm like, I'm just gonna bury these. F- 
And all I was thinking about is getting get the, the ring. ring. Rose, where course. Axel goes on this tirade and calls these guys by name. Yeah. Can you imagine? Never being been at, done before. Can you imagine? Never. Because they were scared to death because it, well, they're not going to they're not going to cover us. He's like, I don't care. Yeah. I'm going to call out Andy Setcher. I'm going to call out uh, Bob Guccione Jr. Yeah. I'm going to call well, out. Well, you're Mick just pissed Wall off because your dad's getting more pussy than you. Right. But he's <laughs> he's now said. saying, I don't don't even put me in your magazine. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah. And I'm going to embarrass you guys. Those yeah. guys will live in infamy forever when the biggest rock and roll band in the world put out their new album and they're all on it. And yes. That is mind-boggling. So, it's that amazing. So I did the same thing with, 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 with my little tweet, which, you know, whatever, and they go, oh, yeah, you, these guys are going to not talk about it. I don't think, I don't care. It was good enough for Axel. It's good enough for nah. me. Dude, that song is just incredible. So angry, so dangerous, like we talked. Yeah, get in the ring, dude. Yeah. Ballsy, huge. Completely. Thing. Yeah, what was your I first concert, Seth? Uh, my first concert was Corn. Oh, okay. Corn's a headliner, Papa Roach open, and Power Man 5000. Wow. That, that was, was a hell of a year 2000 lineup right there. I want to say it was like 98 or something oh, like okay. that. It was, uh, yeah, they, they, they had canceled the show. We had bought, I bought tickets or something. They canceled the show, and then they came back with a different lineup. And uh, like Papa Roach, I like Last Resort had just come yeah. out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Life in two that, that, well, I want to say 2000, no? Nah, uh, that was that was 98. It came out in 98. Yeah, late so. 90s for sure. Yeah, yeah. 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 I know okay. it sounds crazy, but uh, I, I yeah. remember being in middle school, 7th right, or 8th right. grade, listening to it. So it would have been pre-2000. Yeah, that was my first concert. Me and my brother went, and it was sick, man. It was awesome. <laughs> I was uh, that was my new metal phase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Corn yeah. was actually you mentioned Metallica being that band where you like had to give them up to the masses. Corn mm -hmm. was that band for me. For you, yeah, I had to give them up to the masses because their first couple records really they weren't no one knew who they were. They were, new metal was still sort of an undergroundish kind of cool movement yeah, at right. the time. Mm -hmm. Before then it became the yeah, the but because this is before Limp Bizkit, before Kid yeah. Rock kind of really exploded, and so new metal and Slipknot wasn't around. Yeah, like new metal the sound hadn't reached mainstream yet. Right. And then all of a sudden, they come out with Follow the Leader. They're on TRL. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like Carson Daly's like, Corn is number three today. <laughs> uh, right behind Christina Aguilera's Genie in a Bottle. Yeah, yeah. Like, they, they went mainstream. Uh, they were mainstream, yeah, yeah. right. And I was like, But no. did you have the same anger that Chris had towards Metallica? Like, they sold out? Y yeah. Not, so they're, they, they had Follow the Leader. That didn't feel like a sellout album because that kind of. Just grew. the world came along to what you already knew. Yeah. yeah. And, then, and then they came out with Issues, which I liked. But at that point, I was still kind of like, like I had turned my back. Yeah, turned off. I had gone, I had gone done, away. Man. I was like, you all right. You turned I'm, off. Yeah. You know, it's funny talking about what we were mentioning before about uh, established back Bon Jovi taking on Less Than Jake. The first time I saw Corn was Ozzy. They were opening for Ozzy. Yes. It was Deftones, Corn, and Ozzy. Yeah. Like that's, you know, for me, it was like, wow. But those bands played bands? Ozfest and stuff. Well, that those... was 96, though. It was on oh, wow. Moses tour. So okay. they were really that's, young. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. He, he took them out. And that was like, I like that attitude of like, let's give these guys a shot. Yeah, shoot. They might have been touring on their self. They might have one album with like 12 yeah. songs at that point yeah probably right yeah my that. first uh, concert uh well the first band i ever saw live was the thompson twins <laughs> who were like an early 80s almost like a culture club thing because they're opening for another one of my favorite bands the police oh fantastic. so the police was the headline the, the first concert ah, I went to. yeah right, that's right. a great first and concert do, and yeah, yes the great great first concert great band i still remember it was august 23rd 1983 whoa yeah. wow that's the first time my mom let me go to a concert I think um, I remember the date of mine too, maybe July something 2000. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 
But to be able to say before the police reunited, I'm like, I, I yeah. never get a chance to see them. That's I got awesome. I got to see the police. And then my first, this, this for Bill in 1984, the first metal concert I ever saw was Iron Maiden with Twisted Sister supporting. You know what? Yeah. That's like, yeah. what a one-two punch for 1984. That was like the best oh, tour huge, ever. I'm, I'm jealous. I really am. That All these bands, that, like you got to see them in their prime, yeah. you know, and yeah, like yeah, the... Yeah. When it was a movement, right? You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. like I've seen every band I've ever wanted to see, but I'm seeing. I saw Bob Dylan, you know, five years ago. Right. I want to see. I wish I could have seen Bob Dylan in Greenwich Village yeah, in 1966 or whatever. Right, right, you know, right. like man, imagine being there in some cafe and say you could say, or being at uh, Shea Stadium when the Beatles played. You couldn't hear them anyway, but, oh, yeah. but you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I, the history. I saw Metallica the at the Playhouse Theater in Winnipeg, November, let's say eighth, 1986. Six Whoa. weeks after Cliff Burton died. Oh, wow. That's how fast they were when they got back on the road with Jason Newstead. Wow. Six weeks wow. later. That's and incredible. The, yeah. Did they, I, all, they all could have died in that bus Crazy. Crash. And that just shows like they were just so out of it. They just yeah. went right back into yeah, it, dude. you know? And, and if, well, if, what if, else are they going to do? Well, but still grieve for a bit, maybe? Yeah. That they whole even, some kind of monster thing was based around that. Yeah, they, so they even talked about that. They yes, never the they never grieved. grieved. <laughs> if the three of us went to the Playhouse Theater... You would not believe how small it is. At the time, it seemed okay. I went there for a play a couple of years ago for Christmas. I was like, Metallica played here? It was <laughs> oh, like, you know, man. going to the performance center right. for us to have a match. You'd be like, here? Yeah. You know? But it's, uh, yeah, like you said, I got the chance to experience all that. That's which is crazy, cool, so. dude. I love that. I love that going. To, that was one of my favorites is seeing the bands in the tiny venues yeah. before they got big, you know? Right, so right, right. 20 people when, like, they were, you know, the undercard and no one really cared <laughs> yeah. about them. Like, half the, I hadn't showed up because they were there to see the headliner and it was like 30 people in a dingy bar and then you see them like on the big stage like doing yeah. the playing like, Conan O'Brien or yeah, something yeah, 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 totally. yeah. Like, oh that's so awesome totally are, are you guys friends with anybody from the bands that, that you appreciated you mentioned John Denae from uh, or is it Donis or Denae whatever John from Shadows Fall slash yeah. Anthrax he was looking for you in Hartford he's told uh, me to tell know, you to I say hi I bummed that I didn't get to see him yeah I, that's one of the coolest things to me dude you, you mentioned the Parkway video yeah. that went viral with me headbanging the other day uh, those guys are really cool and I've been a fan of them for you know, a awesome. long time oh. now but I got to buy them I got to take them out after the show and buy them food like have a great meal and you were telling me you, we, that was a big deal that for was you. a big yeah. deal to me just to, I mean just to hang out with them and like we had a great time like we were long lost friends yeah. you know what I'm saying right. I remember leaving the the, the bar the, the, the restaurant just being like high on life like I, I first of all I hadn't been in a mosh pit in 10 years so I thought I was gonna die <laughs> well this is so what I, I want to bring up I was fired up from, yes, the, from yes. the, just you know the adrenaline rush and then we ate all this food which you know one of my favorite things loves to eat food <laughs> and, and can was, eat whatever he wants because he works so hard yeah, in the gym right, Right, right. Great Very food, jealous. Great food, great company, and I was just, I was like, man, that's this is life. Awesome. That's this life. is life. Yeah. And the thing that's cool this is, this is success. It's yeah. the mutual respect where you respect yeah. their work and they respect yours in turn. Yeah. That that's still, well. right. still the coolest thing. Absolutely, still the coolest thing. Right. So there's, um, I guess something you brought up just then. Really, and I want to ask you the same question because. It's so funny that this Seth video went viral when it did because that week, yeah, in fact, that week. two days before this video <laughs> comes out, I'm having this conversation with with Seth and uh, we're talking about, you know, obviously Seth's pretty high profile. I'm, I'm on television as well. And, um, you know, when you go to your concerts, do you like to, you know, because now you know the bands, they hook you up. They, you're on the side of the stage with like the cool kids kind of nodding your head like this. Like, <laughs> yeah, I know the band. Because you can't party as much as you want to party. Uh -huh. So I remember the first time I kind of had that experience was uh, uh, I befriended Lars Fredrickson from Rancid 
because he was a massive wrestling fan. Big I time. had no idea. Yeah. Great guy. As you know, as everyone he knows He gave by me now. a set of uh, 20 DVDs, the best of Chris Jericho. That yeah. he, he compiled Dude, he 20 CDs. He gave them to me. I was like, that's pretty nice. And man. you want to talk about or DVDs. Sorry. Yeah. Like I had that experience of like, I can't believe this. And exactly what you said. Mutual respect. This guy influenced my life. His music when I was, you know, 14 or whatever. And now he booked me. He ran a wrestling show. He That's how much he loves wrestling. He booked a show, a yeah. one-off. I was the only like name indie guy he brought in. And uh, I met him there. And so we kind of became friends. So I went to go see him in Pomona one time in California. And uh, Punk was there. Actually, CM Punk was there too. I didn't know he'd be there. And we're watching the show from like behind the drum kit, you know? Yeah. And Sound I just, terrible. the light is literally, I feel like it's, I'm on, the spotlight's on me. I feel like they're watching me. And I'm trying to enjoy the concert and do my little dance. I'm like, man, this, this is embarrassing. I can't be up here. And <laughs> yeah. finally, halfway through concert, I said, I'll, I'll see you in a bit. And I just went in the pit because I belong in the pit. I'm not, right. I'm not side stage guy. I belong in the pit. So I talked to Seth about this yeah. <laughs> to come back to this story. I say, so, you know, when you go see these bands, you go to the side stage or you're a pit guy. He goes, oh, no, no, I'm past those pit days. I can't, I can't do that anymore. <laughs> that, I can't do that anymore. Saying. I side stage I or I sit or whatever. I can't do it anymore. Two days later, I get a tweet, uh, uh, of uh, I guess one of the things that went viral was people would set Seth's headbanging <laughs> to different songs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Somebody great, tagged yeah. a video of Seth headbanging to my song, so they t- tagged me in it. And I thought, God, when is this video from? Because he, he doesn't said. get he doesn't get in the pit anymore. <laughs> it was that week, two days later. Week, and the story he told me is, you know, he was sitting. I was sitting. And I then was he got in the Eagle's Nest. That's watching. Right. I was having a great time, like I always do. And then they Parkway played one of their older songs. I believe it was Gimme a D. And he uh, couldn't. And I couldn't it. handle it. <laughs> yes. Over the music overcame. Yes. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. I felt that same feeling when I was, you know, 13, 14 years old, that aggression. Magic. Just, boom, it hit me and I had to be in there. I had my buddy Eddie with me. I said, Ed, let's go. We gotta go. We're going down. Let's go. And then we went down. Well, I'm like, we'll just go for one song, right. Ed. <laughs> 20 minutes later. <laughs> Out my head banging, screaming with Winston at the top of my lungs. And like, some, some let, girl let, had let, to film it and ruin the whole thing. <laughs> no, but that's, and, but let, let, know, let, let me let leave me leave him alone. Let me had a great quote. If you're listening to this, he said, girl. "If you think you're too old to rock, then you are." Oh, that's you're great. never too old to rock. Exactly. We we yeah. played the Kiss Cruise last year, and the gimmick of the Kiss Cruise they're going to play Kiss Alive in its entirety. If I had to tell you what my favorite album of all time is. I might say that wow. I know every note back and forth, Paul's raps all the way through. So they had us, so they, we, it's like a, it's a theater on the cruise ship and we're sitting in the balcony right by, there's like a glass panel. So you don't fall over the edge. Dude, I went so insane <laughs> that people in the crowd were like, "Look at Jericho, he's going nuts!" And if that if that glass thing wasn't there, I might have. I used yeah. using it as my guitar. Yeah, yeah. And, dude, and I, was like, I couldn't. I couldn't help it. Shannon Tweed's behind me, like, "What the f- up with this guy?" And I just couldn't stop. I didn't care. That's yeah, the it best. was like, but Kiss Alive in its entirety, it, my dream. It overcame you. Yeah, I'm not. I don't care if everyone's <laughs> looking at me. Think, and of course they're not going to think I'm an idiot. But if anyone does, I don't care. Yeah, okay. It was one of the greatest gigs I've ever. So oh, that was one of the things I, I debated with Seth is what if people see you? Because I get a little, uh, I get a little, you know, yeah. If they, when, when, <laughs> that's the concerts on my outlet, that's all I have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't get to freak out like maybe alone in my apartment <laughs> once in a blue moon or something. <laughs> right. Like really, yeah, a good car ride. But I don't even ride alone anymore. I'm just so busy, right? I'm right. always yeah, on the road. Yeah, yeah. So I, concerts are my outlets. So I think, oh man, like I don't want. The big fear that we were talking about is like, I don't want someone filming me or taking a picture of it. And then it happened to set two days later. <laughs> but then I thought to myself, you know what? 
if they see that, good, fine. He's one of us. Yes, exactly. He's not too cool for school. Nah, that's, right. That is my character on TV. That's me in real life. But that's, that's that, what but I would that's do. That's also music. It, it, I've always found if you meet someone that's like likes the same band as you, you're automatically friends. Oh, dude, first thing. Yeah, you know? you're, you're so in with them. When you go into the pit or you're sitting on the floor, because I'm not a side stage guy. I like the, I like the sound. I need to, the yeah, sound and the, yeah, the, yeah, the vision. Face. And most of the time, some people will be f- happier to see you because yep. you maybe five people around or ten people around, and you can take a couple pictures. But as soon as the gig starts, they leave you alone because they want to watch too. Right. So it's really not as bad as you might think. It's but fine. Do I feel a little bit like if you're no, really going I go nuts. nuts. They're watching it with like I don't watching care. you and not watching the show. I do not yeah. give. I don't care because that, like you said, that's my outlet. That's I'm not Chris Jericho. I'm right. a fan of whichever band I'm watching. Yeah. You know, and yeah. every time I will go completely wacko right. if it's the type of band that I want to see. Sometimes I go to bands like. My wife wanted to see Pink, and I'll go and appreciate it, but I'm not going to go nuts rocking to it. You well, know? this is almost a, a different problem, but similar situation with the thing that happened to Seth. But uh, I remember once I went to see Springsteen with Cass. Mm. Ten- he loves Springsteen. Well, he loves he Springsteen. That's, he his, really that's, his, that's his boy. Yeah. Anyway, so you know we're having a good time, and we're dancing, and people are filming us dance. And yeah, at this point, we're not on TV, and that just annoys me to no end. You know, but but you have to put yourself in the in the shoes of the fan. Like if I'm standing, look at those I'm, guys having fun. Know, Why don't Park- you just have fun too? No, but you. But I think let's say I'm the girl that's, that's at Parkway Drive. Yeah, right? yeah. And obviously, guess, she knows who right. you are because she. T- if I turn over and Seth Rollins is standing there going nuts, yeah. I'd be like, oh my gosh, I probably wouldn't film it because I understand. But if I was a pure fan, yeah. I would film that just to have it. As an experience, as a life like, thing. Yeah, this is how good the show. He was there right beside me. Look at this. Yeah. Hey, cousin Annie, right, look right. at this. Wouldn't you know, rather have it she as was, a story than like some. I mess. agree. You know, yeah. you you me we Chris get it. Would get it. But this is a sixteen-year-old girl, right? And that's how she lives her life. She doesn't. And know Seth Rollins, her favorite, right. is standing yeah. right next to her at yeah. her favorite concert. That could be almost like the time-space continuum. If, if that happened at the same time, my head, your head might explode. Right? Yeah, dude. You know, think, think about it. And you, think about it. If you were at some concert and all of a sudden, you know, like. <laughs> Who's your favorite wrestler, right? Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. Shawn Michaels shows up. Bret Hart's there, just yeah, 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 <laughs> going nuts. Like, what in the? Yeah, yeah. What the hell? What is Bret Hart doing here? Yeah, he's this, going nuts. You know, this, yeah. This, I went to Kiss. I went to Kiss last night, and right. Hulk Hogan was right beside me, like singing every word to shout it out loud yeah, or something. Exactly. Be like, what? I'd have lost. I'd have uh, yeah, lost that doesn't it. happen. I, I was at a, a concert for Against Me, which is one of my favorite bands. And I got particularly nuts this night. Like, I was feeling it. You know, yeah. I was waiting for months for this concert. I start losing it in the crowd. And uh, one of the things I do sometimes, I'll just grab someone who's next to me almost by the shirt. <laughs> now, here's the thing, okay? Um, I have this thing where people often, I don't drink. I've never drank in my life. People will think I'm drunk, but yeah. it's, there's a controlled rage there <laughs> to where they kind of realize I'm not a threat. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. you know when there's a drunk guy and he's ruining the it's pit? Like being in the mosh pit. Like they could yeah. tell I'm wild, but for some reason, I think I'm putting out a non threatening vibe. Right, right. So right. for some reason, no one's ever punched me in the face. <laughs> Even though I'm grabbing them by the collar <laughs> and I'm pulling them right into my face and screaming the lyrics into their face. So I'm grabbing this guy all night, like with my back to the stage, just screaming the lyrics at him. And then the concert ends. He goes, hey man, by the way, can I, can I get a picture? Huge fan. Jeez, <laughs> I, like, oh, I got to be more careful here. <laughs> yeah. You don't know anymore. Like <laughs> right, right, I'm getting right, to yeah, that, yeah. especially now with television but, but, exposure. But think about great. him. Sammy Zayn right, was so that's his story. And, this is great. His and entire to, life. Yeah. Right. And to your life. point, you know, uh, he didn't need a picture of it or didn't need it. Like that story. That He's was got that. And that's a yeah. cool fan. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Like you mentioned, I, I wouldn't have been that cool. You mentioned the Keith Richards thing. <laughs> when, when, when I got the chance to meet him uh, at the Fallon show, Jimmy took me there. I didn't go. 
I didn't even take a camera. I had yeah, my phone in the pocket, but I, just, I didn't. I was talking to Keith Richards in a space about as big as this for 15 minutes about everything, and he's talking about anything I want to talk about. And then Jimmy goes, "Hey, can you? Would you mind taking a picture with my friend?" And I was like, I almost was like, "Don't, don't I, he might get mad." He said, oh, "Of course, of course." Had Jimmy not taken that. I didn't need a picture because yeah. I had the you experience had it, yeah, in my yeah, in my yeah, head. And every time I go downstairs to the bar the night in Glasgow, there's so many fans that want to take pictures. I'm like, why? Let's just have a drink. That's better than a picture. Yeah, dude. Yeah. You know how many? But you can't share a drink on Facebook. That's well, the thing. Yes, that's, that's the world the we live in now. Yes, you, know? you can't rationalize right. or or prove that you met Jericho right. or yeah. met Sammy or met. And Seth. that's a whole other discussion. Like, what do we really get out of these pictures? But we'll save that for another podcast. Oh yeah, it's like a modern day autograph. Like, what's what's an autograph? What is it? I, yeah, yeah, I used to collect autographs. I'd stick them on my wall, and maybe it's just a piece of a what, piece of you. Was it you who told me the story about Steve Martin? He'd give the business card. You met Steve Martin. Oh, did he? Somebody would ask for. Oh, I thought it was you who told me. <laughs> Somebody like if you'd ask Steve Martin for an autograph back in the day, he'd just hand you a business card. It says, "You have you've met Steve, you Martin. Met Steve Martin. Here's your proof." You know what I mean? That's great. I've always thought that's actually that. really good. I'd always considered getting a stamp. stamp. Yeah. yeah, right. The rubber stamp. But boom. <laughs> so, last question: uh, uh, What's your favorite concert you ever went to? Oh man, I can't oh, answer that. Man, there's probably favorite? like. Fuck. Or, or pull one out of your head that you really loved. Okay, I got one. But this is because of the story that precedes it. So I was 16. I had just gotten like my driver's license, right? Like, like where I could go places, but still live with the folks. So uh, my mom kind of still, you know, was, was she had given me the car. You know, this yeah, is your yeah. Car you're at that transitional age, right? But, you still have to ask you permission have to answer certain <laughs> things. So she had, uh, there was a concert in Milwaukee, which is out of state for me. I live in Davenport, Iowa. It's about a three and a half hour drive. There's a concert in Milwaukee that I wanted to go to. Shadows Fall, 16 years old. At the rave? Uh, it was at the rave in Milwaukee. <laughs> the haunted she, rave? Yeah, man. Hell, we played there. It was downstairs, too, yeah, in the basement. There, yeah. It was, I remember it like it was yesterday. It was Shadows Fall headlining, uh, Shy Halud, which is an awesome um, kind of melodic hardcore band, and then Unearth was opening for them. Mm. And, um, I, you know, my mom was like, no, 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 you cannot go to this concert under no circumstances. Can you drive up there? Absolutely not. Well, <laughs> well, my folks are divorced. Yeah. So I would go to my dad's on the weekends. This concert happened to be on a Saturday night. Perfect. So I was like, guess what, guys? Rock and roll rebellion. Yeah. Rock right and roll. Go. We are driving to Milwaukee. I got a car. I got a license. <laughs> Let's go. I made one mistake. My mom would have never known, right? This is, this is, you know, I don't remember how, 16, so I might have been 2002. Yeah. Like, there was, I, I don't even know if I had a cell phone at this point yeah, in time. Right. Like, it just, there was, she couldn't attract me. I made one mistake. I was too considerate, and I left a note for my dad letting him know oh, where we were no. going and said, Please don't tell mom. Oh. <laughs> Rookie mistake. Oh, yeah. they're divorced. There's yeah, no reason my, he'll tell her. Dad's my buddy. Yeah, he's my buddy. Sure enough, dad ratted me out. But like, I remember going, the thrill of going up there, knowing that I wasn't supposed to be going up there. We get into the metal show and the rave's kind of like a, it's a cool <laughs> joint, man. It's it is. A, it's a, a great cool place. Yeah, there's like an upstairs and a downstairs. The downstairs is really just like a, a And it sells alcohol, yeah. right? So yeah. you're yeah, kind of in a yeah. bar and you're 16. You're really feeling that like, whoa, yeah. I'm part of the world. <laughs> yeah. you know? It felt yeah. super like I wasn't supposed to be there yeah. at all under any circumstances. And I remember just unloading in there, just having a great, I mean, I'm talking like just deep sweat, yeah, yeah. shirt off, party, yeah. shirt yeah, off, yeah. hair drenched, like 
Just That's a the mess best. coming out of there. The next day, you can't even hold your head up because you had to <laughs> Too head much head down. so hard. Like, what was I thinking? Yeah, bumps and bruises. You just, you know, you bloodied everywhere. It was so awesome. And we're getting back home and like, uh, my mom just gave me the, the, when I finally ended up seeing it, like she didn't, I didn't, we didn't even have it like two days. We didn't talk. Like when I went Whoa. back home, like get, we didn't talk. <laughs> worth worth it though, because now the story not only lives. Look at it. If only we could see his look. Oh, yeah, yeah. I love the uh, the considerate re- re- rebel. Yeah, yeah. you're gonna do it, but I will leave a note. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I didn't want to leave my dad in the dark because yeah, we didn't come yeah, home yeah. Sure. Five in the morning. Right, 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 right. Panic, yeah, you know, yeah. and he didn't have any way to get a hold of anybody at that time. So I was like, yeah, I was like, <laughs> for sure, my dad would be cool. But, he was cool, but like, but know. in the long run, it's great that you went. Oh, 100% yeah, you'll never forget that I went. Yeah, and nothing happened. And it was a great time. Like, yeah. you know, prove you wrong, mom. Yeah. Prove you wrong. <laughs> yeah, it was sick. It was a sick show. I sweat to death and we had a great there time and not, nothing, nothing, nothing bad, bad came happened. of it. Yeah. So it was, but that was that one just because of the, I mean, I oh, seen, sure. had some great lineups. I got to see Pantera wow. at, at, before uh, Dime passed away. Wow. Which is, you know, I was 15. That was my second concert. That's one of those things, like, you can never do that again. Yeah, never. I, I saw... Me, Beastie Boys is one. MCA passed away. One, yeah. I got to see them twice from one of my favorite bands wow. of all time. Yeah. And now I'll never be able to see them ever again. It's over. Right. It's, yeah, done. it's done. I know, saw so, um, uh, Pantera in 95 at the Warfield in San Francisco, which is not like the Playhouse Theater. Yeah. And I actually saw Dime. He took a shit in a bucket on stage. <laughs> <laughs> and I can still see in my head... The shit falling out of his ass into the bucket. And I still can't remember why. I've asked Vinny about it. He's like, oh, I used to do that all the time, man. But I was like, I can still, so it could be the first human being I've ever seen shit. It just, I remember it falling into the bucket. Well, here you go. That's great. Which yeah. was, did he wipe his ass? I, he, I, I can't say if he did it or yeah. not. I would assume he did, but those guys I'm are thinking scummy. that's not of importance yeah. if you're shitting in a bucket on stage. He probably just pulled up in camouflage yeah, shorts and just kept on rocking. Did his deal, yeah, yeah man. Get his V on. And <laughs> town, yeah. What's your uh, favorite concert? Um, I really can't pick one, but I can tell you there's a few uh, that are special for various reasons. But uh, off the top of my head, the first time I saw Against Me play at Fun 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 Fest, that was incredible. Um, for I saw Guns. And, okay, so a couple of them that are special that. They're not necessarily the best. It's just I never thought it would happen. Was seeing Guns N' Roses. I never thought I'd see them. Mm-hmm. And granted, it wasn't with the Slash reunion thing that's right, happened right, now, right. but it was the big return in 2006 of the Hammerstein. Okay, yeah. I was at the the first oh, show. Nice. Fantastic. So that was insane because Axel was back. Was yeah. that the Buckethead? No, no, this lineup? is post-Buckethead. Oh, okay. Uh, Buckethead. So Buckethead is... Right, Bumblefoot had just gotten hired. Oh, is this the the Chinese democracy time period? But Chinese democracy is still, yeah. Right before it, right before It's like leaks are coming out from Chinese democracy. The world's excited. Yeah. At least my world is excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, me and Super Dragon are freaking out on (laughs) on AOL Instant Messenger. (laughs) And and now I get to see Axl Rose. Now, that's not the crazy part to me. It was in the Hammerstein. That's Mm, cool. And I've wrestled in the Hammerstein. Right. And it only holds about 3,000 people. So to see them in that intimate, like, you know. Yeah, intimate place. There's some bands like, I don't know. You know, when I saw Bruce Springsteen or Bob Dylan, it was cool just because those guys are icons. Yeah. But, like, I can't sing every song. Guns N' Roses, Beastie Boys, you know, Against Me. These are songs. I know every single word to every single song, so I'm losing it. Yeah. And uh, another one that was real special for a couple of reasons was uh, Faith No More. 
in 2000, I want to say 11 in Australia. Mm, that's cool. So one of my big things when I was an indie guy was uh, I really tried to coincide concerts with places I would travel, <laughs> you know, just live this incredible life yeah. where I'm getting paid to do what I love yeah. and do the things I love. Right. And um, Faith No More, as you know, broke up, yeah. I want to say in what, 98? Yeah. And they always said, all of them said, we'll never never reunite and if we did just knows because we sold out and it was for the money <laughs> so whatever <laughs> I don't care. yeah i don't care mm-hmm. I, I couldn't believe i got to see him yeah, all yeah. these songs i couldn't believe i was seeing them in australia no less That's amazing cool. yeah, and yeah. like i don't know the first bon jovi uh, icp is an incredible concert mm-hmm. actually because you know <laughs> the fago and the, pa- the fans are so passionate you know what it's like it's like you've only been a if you've only been at wwe shows and then you went to ecw in like 98 yeah, 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 yeah. what am i a part of yeah. right now <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. yeah this is it was it was great i don't know there's the, uh, the, uh, the what two, about you? The two that hit me is one was the first time I saw McCartney in O two. Oh, that's because one for me it was too. like the soundtrack of your life. Yep, not just for me, but for everybody in there, where you yeah. know every one of these songs, you've have memories and and attachments to all of them. And during Hey Jude, I saw a grandfather. Let's say he was let's say he was seventy. Yeah, and a kid. Let's say they were seven, and they're both singing at the top of their lungs. I'm like, and there's what, the Beatles right yes, there. Yes, and know? what other band right. would 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 have that seventy to seven? Maybe you know a few others, but like that was the majority yeah. of 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 the of the thing. And then the other one was. Uh, Actually, I have to tell a funny story about that. Was I was up at the balcony at the worst, worst seats. That's a great story. Yeah, I, I, was, I might have. I'm sorry if I've told. No, no, it it's great. It's great. And I'm looking down on the stage, and after three songs, a, a pit opens up oh, on the yeah. stage, and a, and a piano comes up. So Paul is walking backwards uh, with his guitar, holding it holding his air, guitar right? in the air, and yeah. he's got his thumbs up. And he, like, he, when he when he's on stage, he's real like just he walks all cool, like he's like he's he's fun, like you know. He's, he's spry. Back, he's spry, <laughs> and he's walking backwards. And I see what's going to happen. He's going to walk right into this hole backwards, backwards. Where you know how it is if you if you like if you take a bump or you don't expect it, oh, and yeah. it, it hurts. Especially when there's a drop like yes, that. yeah. And he's at the time sixty one yeah. something, and I'm screaming. <laughs> Look out, Paul! <laughs> and I'm like, you like seventy goes in our matches. Paul, Paul! And here he goes and teeter totters right into the hole and lands half on the piano, half not. So he's like taking a bump on the side of the table, yeah. which is we, we know. Like, Are we uh, talking like the Vince McMahon St. Valentine's Day Massacre bump? Like, was more like a whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> right. And so everyone just like. Quiet. Yeah. The whole place is just dead silent, and and it, it was like oh you can see the murmur and like classic McCartney. He's got no real roadies. He's got some old guy with like a flashlight <laughs> running across the stage, and like the bass pl- or the guitar player is going in there. And finally, after about thirty seconds or so, he kind of climbs up, and you see his head. And you can tell he's like there's these. He's probably like what just happened? Like oh this oh, I hurt, and then he realizes where he is, and then he just looks, and then he puts his thumb up in the air. Yeah. Monster pop, huge pop. Yeah. Then they help him out of the pit. He comes around the side, and he's like, oh, I'm, I'm going to change the set list, and uh, we're going to do fixing a hole now. Ah, called it on the fly. Called it on the fly yeah. to play fixing a hole. So it was, it, it was like, oh, that's so great. But you know, here's what makes me, and I asked you this the first time you told me this question. Uh, the story it makes me skeptical because you know these bands have these catalog right Paul McCartney's got an extensive catalog yeah yeah and you're in a band you know you got to yeah, rehearse yeah, these yeah, things yeah. you don't just no but, pull but, one out of your ass after but, but, you know 40 years of not playing it when you're playing with bands like that's like going to see Springsteen that band knows every everything because right. they yeah. keep 
pulls signs of the crowd, right. shows it to the drummer, and then they have to fall right. into it. Yeah. So I, I think Paul probably could play that song by himself. And if you're a professional musician, you know that song. Right. You know, it'd be like if we had to go into the ring with Cena right now or something. Right. You know his moves. You, you know, know his moves. moves. And if you right. don't know it, you'll figure it out yeah, yeah, and just yeah. go, right? And then the other one was Metallica, 30th anniversary show. Oh. Well, yeah. you got to tell the little part B to that Oh, sorry. Story. So the part B. So I go, uh, that was the first show of the tour in Tampa. Last show of the tour was in, in LA, uh, uh, Paul McCartney still. And I went to that one as well. Just happened to be in town. Took my friend, sat right behind Goldie Hawn and uh, Kurt, Kurt Russell, who were angry at me because I was yelling and screaming so much. <laughs> and I'm like... Not tonight, guys. Yeah. This rock and roll, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, Go yeah, to hell, Goldie yeah, Hawn. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We are. Yeah, yeah. F, F you, Goldie. F you, Snake Plissken. You're yeah. part of the establishment. <laughs> so you. they yeah. play the first three songs, and then the hole opens, and the piano comes up. Now, when it happened in Tampa, I was like, somebody's getting fired for this. <laughs> like some roadie forgot to tell him. Oh, yeah, sure. Paul, you know, or the, the cue or whatever. So he's, he stopped. He says, well, you know, it's funny. The first show of the tour, uh, this hole opened up. Ah. And I didn't see And I fell inside And I was screaming I was there I was there And Goldie Hawn's looking like Shut up I was there Goldie And so uh, he goes And, you know, and I'm like oh, here's, He's like You know and the, and the problem was He goes I wasn't paying attention Because I was too busy Looking at two two birds In the front row yes. Two chicks in the front row yes. And I was like That's rock and roll yeah, He yeah. was so enamored With the chicks He's 61 yeah. He's probably yeah. banged 10,000 chicks yeah. He's still probably looking At those two in the front row either. And he's like Boy they're pretty hot Yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Right? It's like the best punchline ever. It's, it's like, right, you're st- if you think you're too old to rock and roll, you are. Yeah. Not. Too bad. But the, the Metallica uh, 30th anniversary at the Fillmore, uh, about oh, a thousand seats. Oh, and man, they played, that's incredible. Over the course of four days, they played 80 songs. All of them were different. Oh, and they goodness. went deep. They played shit. They opened with To Live Is To Die. Oh, the instrumental yeah. from to just they've never Fantastic. played it. They learned it. They learned all four Man. instrumentals so they can open each each show with, an with Orion, Orion, Cthulhu, To Live to Die, and then Suicide and Redemption from Death Magnetic. Yeah. I was like, what a, who would think of that? Dude, that's so cool. And how much rehearsals did they have to all do? Four I did not go for I was actually getting ready to come back here uh, to WWE and I had to go to Calgary to do some training with Lance because I was but and, and, and another like the the, 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 the denouement of the story was that I was there as a guest of Metallica because yeah, Lars the asked, feather in your cap yes yeah, and dude. for the extra so cool. bonus they had called me and asked me to do a video uh, congratulating them on 30 years and they were running these videos throughout the show and my video aired right after Avril Lavigne who got booed out of the building and right before Bono it's like Good Avril spot. Lavigne, Jericho, and Bono. That's a great spot. And it's like, and the, like I was there as a guest, and this. And you probably got the biggest pop of those three I, well, for, Metall- you, you for Metallica's can, yeah, clientele. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I think Bono got a Bono's pretty good reaction, pretty, yeah. but oh, I really? killed Avril Lavigne. Yeah, I killed course. her. Yeah, I mean, she was the shits, anyways. But <laughs> so, yeah, what a great yeah, conversation, guys! It's been ninety minutes of talking. I kind of wish music. we could keep talking. Well, we'll have, yeah. we have to do a part two. Uh, yeah, yeah, do a part two. If, if, uh, if it, uh, we didn't even scratch the surface here. There's so many things. We didn't even answer the basic question that we started with. What chicken or the egg here? And just so you know, it's two o'clock in the morning, and if we wanted to do a part two for another two hours, we could do it easily. Easily, you yeah. know. Thanks, guys. All right, thanks, Dude, Chris. Right on. Merry Christmas. We're definitely gonna have to do a part two of this amazing discussion with Seth and Sammy. There's too much uh, that we didn't get to, but that is the power of music with Seth and Sammy. Thanks again to those guys for taking the time to school us on their own musical likes and stories, and thanks to all you guys for listening to this show and all the great shows on the Jericho Network, including the new one, the, the new Bell of the Ball. Beyond. On the Darkness, the latest addition to the Jericho Network. Episode one is a hit, baby. You guys are going to love the stories about the Black Eyed Kids, the investigation into whether the phenomenon may be tied to demon possession. Dave Schrader.
Peter and Tim Dennis are going to bring all kinds of creepy paranormal investigation stories and experiences to you every Monday. They were just on Talk is Jericho earlier this week, uh, last week actually, and what a crazy, uh, the bloody bones man, slender people, uh, black-eyed kids, uh, Peppy the Lake Monster, possessions, exorcisms. You want all that paranormal craziness? You got to check it out every Monday on the Beyond the Darkness podcast here on the Jericho Network, all right? We got the Black Eyed Kids, but this time we're also investigating whether or not there might be alien life forms that's happening this Monday. Go to iTunes, hit subscribe on Beyond the Darkness, check it out now and scare the poop out of yourself. And go ahead and subscribe and, and, and stars to all the Jericho Network shows. Killing the Town with Storm and Cyrus every Tuesday this week. They're uh, having an in-depth discussion on whether comedy and wrestling is a smart thing or not. Uh, keep it at 100 with Conan. The, the, this week they have uh, Dave Meltzer. They got... Uh, uh, Mr. 450 uh, Hammett is on there uh, Chael Sonnen is on there plus Disco Inferno versus Cyrus is heating up it's going to get crazy then we got the Team Tiger Awesome show every Sunday hilarious show uh, Monday Gage and Truly just babbling on about all things pop culture so thank you for joining us and thanks for uh, thanks for using my Amazon links for all your holiday shopping you still got a couple days left to buy some last minute Christmas presents well literally one day left if you have Amazon Prime you can probably get it overnight but it's the easiest way to support the show for after Christmas and for the new year it's taking some of the stress out of your Boxing Day shopping, your after Christmas shopping. I did all my shopping on Amazon, and guess what? Amazon made it so easy and hassle-free that I'm done. All right, I'm finished all my Christmas shopping. If you want to uh, continue having the greatest deals and the easiest way to shop, just go to my Amazon links at podcastone.com. Click on the Killer Deals button in the top right corner of the page, then hit the Talk is Jericho button. I got them links for USA, UK, Canada. Every time you use the Amazon links, Amazon kicks back a small percentage of the show to help us cover production costs. There's no hidden fees, extra challenges. Just go to podcast1.com, click on the Killer Deals button in the top right corner of the page, then hit the Talk Age Jericho button. You also find all my other great sponsors there as well. ddpyoga.com slash Jericho. Get 25% off all merch and swag, and if you buy a Max Pack or a combo, you get a second one for 50% off the uh, price that was already 25% off. All right? That's pretty crazy. Pure to or get an extra 20 bucks off when you order at 2minuteclub.com slash Jericho. Get that hair back luxurious and full once again. Then there's CISO.com. Laugh your collective uh, rear ends off. Use the promo code podcast one to get two free months of the funniest uh, uh, website on the entire net. And don't forget, March 15, 2017, he's put me in a cage. He's the bane of my existence, but Mick Foley will be on Talk is Jericho. 79 days and counting until the biggest podcast ever. You're going to love that one. I'm excited for you to hear it. And thank you for hearing today. Thank you for listening today. Keep listening for the 60-second AP News headlines coming up next and next Wednesday. She's my cherry pie. That's right. Bobby Brown is going to be here. Check out the Cherry Pie video from Warren. She's one of the uh, most famous models from the 90s and 2000s. A cool rock chick. Bobby Brown is going to be here. She's hot. She's funny. She's uh, she's going to be here. She's your after Christmas gift. Merry Christmas to you guys. Have a great weekend. Have a great Christmas. Hug your loved ones. Enjoy your presents. Eat lots of food. Don't drink and drive. And have a safe, safe holiday. Peace, love, and hugs. And a big, yeah, boy. Merry Christmas. Ho, ho, ho. If you've ever asked me for something illegal, you're in the right place. <laughs> you can download new episodes of Talk is Jericho every Wednesday and Friday at podcastone.com. That's podcastone.com. There's a common misbelief today that to make it further, you need to push yourself. That you need to give up any joy to continue with your rigid routine. Or you could try another way. Take some time to enjoy life. Like having a Michelob Ultra with friends. Because happiness is essential to living an exceptional life. Michelob Ultra, a refreshing and balanced flavor with only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Enjoy responsibly. Anheuser-Busch, Michelob Ultra Light Beer, St. Louis, Missouri.
you know when you see a great deal on a phone and then you find out it's not for you? Not at Verizon. They just gave us all a new iPhone 13. So we both got the same great deal. Yep. Get iPhone 13 on us with select trade-in and 5G unlimited plans for every customer, current, new, everyone, to show the love. Only from Verizon. $799.99, 128GB only, device payment purchase with new or upgrade smartphone line required. Less up to $800 trade-in slash promo credit applied over 36 months. 0% APR. Trading conditions apply.